I'm not slowing anybody down this morning as you take trips down memory lane. Dreaming. Dreaming. This is the vibe I'm feeling today. Just taking it real easy. It is hashtag WC, WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Doing it in a soulful way today. We're going to turn it up a little bit later on. But we're still staying in this age. <laughs> Not trying to make anybody feel old. If 
these songs can be so soothing they definitely can set the tone i just want everybody to have a good day i want everybody to feel good and yes you are in tune to coffee intel that's the voice of gladys knight Gladys Knight and the Pips, Midnight Train to Georgia. These songs make it feel like a Sunday. <laughs> I'm gonna squeeze in one more and then we get into the headlines we have coming up for you today. she needs any introduction but for the young folks listening that's the voice of Shade. it's making my soul sing around the world thank you so much for tuning in to qmzradio.com thank you for checking us out on janoradio.com and of course i have to say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse Wednesday, November 16, 2022, quarter after the top of the hour. Hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on TikTok, Moments with Me Media, and the me is MI. 
Yes, definitely follow, like, share, and comment. You get to see the crazy side of me. It is time for us to get into the headlines. Here's what's coming up for us today. In the Caribbean corner, Barbados to enter pharmaceutical market with framework and facility. In Trinidad and Tobago, government outlaws Ponzi pyramid schemes. In Jamaica, taxis, buses back on the road after crippling strike. I posted a video that I saw on TikTok. I posted it on my Instagram page. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about lawlessness in Jamaica. Go check it out. My IG, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. It is ridiculous. Truly ridiculous, the lawlessness and the indiscipline that is permeating or has already permeated our um, society. Yeah, we need to wake up and learn to behave ourselves. In news out of North America, Canada's Trudeau raises Chinese interference in talks with Z. Donald Trump, the loser, is back. Judge overturns Georgia's ban on abortion around six weeks. In international news, Kuwait hangs seven people in first executions since 2017. Out of Latin America, study opportunity in the United States for Haitian students. In business news, air taxes to soon offer 10-minute flights between Newark and New York City. And new Instagram feature allows you to add music to photos in Instagram feed. And can you believe this? Someone just paid more than $200,000 for Steve Jobs' old Birkenstocks? Alright then, well, and believe it or not, stories. A Texas teacher who told producer Southside's son he was racist has been fired. Woman arrested for hiding 28 pounds of cocaine in wheelchair wheels at JFK. And a woman has been arrested after filming herself eating a spicy and delicious bat and posting clip onto YouTube. I mean, she want to eat it. Well, I guess it's illegal. Fired Arizona middle school teacher blames low salary for filming only fans with husband in her classroom. <laughs> and in entertainment news, Beyonce tops it all for Grammy nominations for 2023. We're going to have the details of these stories and more. Here is Patti LaBelle on my own. You got you gotta sing this for me, Patty. Sang girl, sang. Who else likes to see when Patty kicks off those high heels? 
gets down on the stage. Hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday here on Happy Into. So we're going to be hearing music from mostly women or songs led by women, I should say. Who else makes those Patti LaBelle facial expressions when they're singing her songs? I know I do. Here's another favorite of mine for you. The voice of Roberta Flack. Walking in the dark, seeing lovers do their thing. Ooh, that's it's the calm before the storm, and the storm is the news. So let's get our minds ready. To all our listeners logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com and for quality music while you work or play keep it locked on yes don't you dare leave qmz radio behind they play that good music to get you through the day thank you to everyone listening online on janoradio.com 
Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. I gotta say thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. It's always a vibe. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. This song is emotion, of course. I know more, most people are familiar with the remake, Destiny's Child. But this is Samantha Sang featuring the Bee Gees. But you got a part of someone else, you go to find your shining star. It's just emotion that's taking me over Tired 
it's time for us to get into the Caribbean Corner. First up, Barbados to enter pharmaceutical market with framework and facility. And it is almost the bottom of the hour. If you have somewhere to be at the bottom, you have a couple seconds to get there. <laughs> so this story is courtesy of Barbados.loopnews.com. Over 4,000 to 5,000 jobs can be created for Bayesians over the next four to five years. If and when Barbados starts making pharmaceuticals. According to the country's leader, Barbados is on the verge of stepping fully into the pharmaceutical industry if all the moving pieces from the latest Rwanda trip fall into their strategic places. In this hemisphere, because no country can do it alone, Barbados will be going forward in the manufacturing of pharmaceuticals with Guyana in this region and Rwanda and Ghana in Africa. The move is supported by the European Union Commission, the European Investment Bank, World Health Organization and the Susan Buffett Foundation. Happy about this development, Prime Minister Mia Amor-Motley said this is the biggest game changer since we came to office. She said that the government has been working very quietly since April to get the necessary platform ready and started. Becoming a player in the pharmaceutical industry, PM Motley said that work will be going into figuring out the regulatory framework over the next 9 to 12 months. Furthermore, Demonstrating that the groundwork has been and is being laid, she shared that the head of the Rwanda's Food and Drug Administration was in Barbados six to seven weeks ago and working with the Ministry of Health. The preliminary work, meeting with our own people in the drug service and the Ministry of Health has already started. We have now to engage and to put the rest of the regulatory framework in place and then once that happens, we then monitor and deal with the identification of the space for the pharmaceutical part. In fact, that will happen on a parallel track. In terms of infrastructure, it is the plan to have a physical pharmaceutical entity on island to establish the manufacturing of the pharmaceutical products. With a respect to location, the Prime Minister says that a space still needs to be found and that it is significantly difficult because the facility would not be the regular warehouse or manufacturing facility as traditionally erected. This new facility will require steam and water and high temperatures, etc. This is a highly complex engagement. You know what? Let, I, let, let me do this. I've got to big up that lady. She, she, she are going with herself. Yeah, right, that's so in my spice voice. She's really going on. Forward thinking, forward moving. Game changer. I think she will go down in history as the greatest leader of any nation, small or big, if you ask me. Talk about putting on the horse blinders and just moving forward. 
talk about it. I'm all for her. I am all for her. Mia Amor Motley doing good things. And um, the thing about her is that she's not only wanting Barbados to get ahead. She has the vision for the Caribbean community. So I do hope that she will have the full support of all CARICOM leaders. And that this will be something that the Caribbean community can benefit from. All right. So let me give her another round of applause. Yeah, Mia. Right. So good girl, Mia. Yep. Keep doing good things. We hop on over to Grenada. Over 300 retirees receive retroactive pension and gratuity. Story courtesy of Caribbean.LoopNews.com. Over 300 retirees on Grenada have been paid the outstanding pension and gratuity, which was owed to them by the government. The Minister of Finance said EC $44.1 million was paid to the first batch of pensioners. The government anticipates to pay EC $75 million to 525 eligible retirees. The payment of these long overdue benefits symbolizes government's dedication to its transformation agenda that seeks to empower its people make good on commitments to citizens and be transparent in its governance of the country. Importantly, the retroactive payments also demonstrate our ability as a country to satisfactorily address our challenges, as difficult as they may be. Once we set our clear goals and work towards achieving them, the minister said in a statement. Prime Minister and Minister of Finance, Dickon Mitchell, Thank to the minister's staff for their hard work to ensure the money was paid before November 30, which was a deadline set by the government. The ministry has called on successful applicants to the pension program to present their life certificates and banking information to the pension secretariat to ensure the timely payment of benefits. And I'm going to give Grenada a round of applause. Good job. Good job. Good job. They'll have it before Christmas. You know, as I was reading the article, what, what's going through my mind? And why the hesitancy for governments to pay out money, whether it be to teachers, anyone in the healthcare industry, whatever your role is? Why the hesitancy to increase salary? Why the hesitancy to see to it that um, there are certain things put in place? Because at the end of the day, they're going to get the money back, aren't they? Because people have to spend money, right? And when you purchase goods or services, you're paying taxes, and those taxes have to be turned over to the government. So I'm just wondering, do they think about that? Or is it very easy to say we don't have it in the budget right now? Or let's drag you out as long as possible. Come on, officials, put your thinking cap on. And I'm not talking about Grenada. I'm talking about every single country globally where there is hesitancy to increase salaries or to pay over money that is owed. You're getting it back one way or another. Food for thought. All right. Next up, no charges or arrest in custom weapons discovery in St. Lucia. Story courtesy of stlucia.loopnews.com. Questions arise regarding the progress of the investigation of the weapons found in a refrigerator last month. 
On October 17, multiple high-powered rifles and magazines were discovered in a refrigerator at Port Castres when a woman came in to clear the fridge that had been shipped from overseas. Pending an update from the Royal St. Lucia Police Force, the Customs and Excise Department says the matter is now in the hands of the police and any concerns or queries regarding the arrest of those responsible should be brought to the RSLF. Deputy Commissioner of Police Ronald Phillip, during an October 20 press conference, confirmed that the woman who attempted to clear the refrigerator is the relative of a senior police officer. He also stated that the RSLPF remains committed to resolving the discovery of the high-powered rifles. However, the question still remains, why wasn't the woman arrested or detained? Earlier this year, a customs broker was detained in police custody for 72 hours after he attempted to clear a consignment of goods from customs on behalf of a client. According to customs inspector Samuel Zudi, or yeah, I think I pronounced it right, the investigation is still ongoing and the matter is out of the hands of the custom department. And I agree. Um, If you're going to detain one, detain all. Now, I will say this. A shipment that comes in with weapons doesn't necessarily mean that it's for the intended recipient. All right. Um, People will slip things into your luggage. When it reaches the destination, they get them out before you come to collect. And I'm just saying that has happened. All right. So, for example, I'll be shipping something to James in Canada. Or, yeah, I'll be shipping something to a package to James in Canada. Uh, Philip works at the airport. Philip chooses to open my luggage. And you know you can put a lock on your luggage and they still open it, right? Without having to tamper with the lock. Yeah, there's a way to do it. So they can slip things into your luggage. Phillips does that. It gets on the plane, gets on Air Canada, lands at the Toronto Paris International Airport. But before James gets that package, John removes the items that were put in there by Philip. All right? But... In this particular case, if you're going to hold on to the broker for 72 hours, you also need to hold on to this young lady. Now, people overseas, I'll turn my attention to you. Please cease and desist from sending weapons into the islands. The islands are too small, number one. We don't need crime. We have enough going on. Think about the family member or friend that you're sending that weapon to. Because what you're doing is having them engage in the exchange of gunfire. Chances are they may end up dead. So are you telling me then that you don't care about your family member or friend? And remember, karma, they say, rides in on a white horse sometimes or retribution, whatever you want to call it. You send this weapon to someone in the Caribbean. 
they turn around and kill someone, chances are they themselves now become a target or a family member becomes a target. And chances are you may become a target too. And then you wonder why bad luck take you. There are repercussions for our actions. So think clearly. Sometimes a lot of what we go through, we don't understand. And understand this. Generational curses are real. So be careful. There's a ripple effect. Do not cause unnecessary harm to anyone. You're fulfilling a short-term fantasy. Let me put it that way. For what? And most of the time, they're send, you're sending these high-powered rifles into countries. For what? Them going to war down there? Please, stop. Our next story, we head on down to Trinidad and Tobago. Government outlaws Ponzi pyramid schemes, courtesy of tt.loopnews.com. Anyone running or participating in a pyramid or Ponzi scheme could now risk a fine of up to $10 million and possible jail time based on amended legislation. In a statement dated November 15, 2022, the Trinidad and Tobago Securities and Exchange Commission advised of amendments to the Securities Act, Chapter 8302, where in a new section, 165A, has been inserted the existing section 165 of the Act to provide for the criminalizing of any prohibited schemes, namely Ponzi and pyramid type schemes. And I read, under the amended act, it is now a criminal offense to establish, operate, advertise, or participate in these prohibited schemes. It is now also an offense to invite persons to join a prohibited scheme. The act further provides that a person who establishes or operates a prohibited scheme is liable, if convicted, to pay a fine of 10 million Trinidadian and Tobago dollars or to an imprisonment for 10 years. It also states that a person who knowingly participates in a prohibited scheme is liable. If convicted, they will have to pay $5 million or serve imprisonment for up to five years. For knowingly advertising or inviting another person to join a prohibited scheme, a person is liable. If convicted, to pay $2 million or to imprisonment for three years. The commission said members of the public who may have information about the operation of a prohibited scheme are urged to contact the TTSEC or send the relevant information, audio or video files, documents, texts, images via the TTSEC Investor Protection app, easily downloadable via the Google and Apple stores. All right. So SUSU, which in Jamaica we call it um Padnajra <laughs> to some <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, now understand what they're trying to have you understand. Susu is different from a pyramid or Ponzi scheme. Okay. Susu or Padna, as we call it in Jamaica, there is no promise of profit to members aside from whatever money you put in, right? 
not i'm not a fan of the partner thing me not like it me, try it one time and mm -mm. and um thankfully i got my money but um i've heard so many sad stories when it comes to partner draw or susu right oh a little history about the the, the susu it comes from the yoruba term esu originated in west africa but it is practiced in many african and caribbean countries um you know who practices it too the asian community so and the people in the asian community let me tell you something how you think you see them businesses pop up so yep they will throw at 20,000, 10,000, whatever it is, but they don't throw less than $10,000. So the draw is like a hundred, it's anywhere between a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars right? That's their drawing, US dollars I'm talking about. And they use that money to open shop. And that is why you will see their businesses propping up, pop up, pop up, pop up. They take the money and they invest it in business before them even buy a house because they know that the business will generate the income to purchase the home. And the other thing that a lot of them do, especially those who have the nail shops, the Vietnamese in particular, they will live in the back of that nail shop, right? And then branch out from there so they save they save they save you ever walk and them cook them rice and eat them pack chai and them live real simple because they have a goal at hand and and their thing is to build up their community another thing that they do they don't have to be related to each other you ever notice you go to the nail shop and after two three years you don't see them again that is because what they have done is they have passed it. They have moved on to another location, passed that location onto someone else. So, and the person they've passed it on to, they now have two to three years to build up and pass it on to someone else. And that's how they build their community. The Indians in the duty-free shops in Jamaica, they don't have to be related. They set up the duty-free shops go back to India, bring back people. They work in the stores with them. And then they're able to have their own store. And so it keeps on going. Can we try that out in the black community, please? Thank you. Good morning, James. Good morning. Morning, everyone. James, um, quick, quick question. May I have to ask you this? I've been meaning to ask you this for the longest time. In your rest, what time does your restaurant open? Um, it's twelve o'clock now. Twelve to eight o'clock. Twelve to eight o'clock. So make sure you put it on um, coffee and toast. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Go ahead, James. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, twelve to eight. All right. Go ahead. At least you get one hour on you know streaming through. Thank you, James. Maybe yeah. With my fast and facetious self. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, do you remember do you remember Workers Bank in Jamaica? Yes, I remember Workers Bank. You I used to work there. I used to work there. Uh-huh. Oh, I used to work there? Uh -huh. Okay. 
Remember they had the partner the partner program? Yes. Yeah, so so that program it, it was actually a good program. Um I don't remember because it's like if you you have a certain amount, like if you would do like say five thousand dollars per week or ten to, the, the more the more you go and the longer your 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 the period is like if it's like twenty something months or sixteen months, like what they would do at the end at the end of the draw, like you would get, depending on how, how much money you put and the length of time, you would get like two hands free. So like if, if you're throwing like $10,000 per week, at the end of the period, you would get, you'd end up getting $20,000 um, from, from the program. It was a good program. I, I did it for quite a few years. Um, I remember like, you know, back in the days, me used to ban my belly. Like, we used to say, like, okay, <laughs> want, want a car. So, I, I, the first, the car that, the first car that I bought, it, it was from the Workers Bank partner draw. So, so, so I would like, you know, do it for like, like nine months. And then when I get the draw, like, I just use that money and buy the car. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good program. Um, the independent one, like, with, with people, um, controlling it. That itself is a nightmare. Like there's so much, as you say, horror stories from it. Like I remember when I was working at Pegasus one time, um, they had this huge one, like where you get like hundreds of thousands of dollars in draw. And the the I remember one year, like someone got some information that the, the person that control the draw is about to leave the island. And everybody <laughs> Everybody that was a part of it run to the airport and grab the person <laughs> at the airport about to leave. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yes, yeah, so no, I'm not a fan of that one either. But the, the one that the, the bank used to used to operate was 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 amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um, it has been very good for many people. Many people have been able to build homes um out of it. There are a lot of people who use it for their Christmas shopping, to buy furniture, people who do it to send their children back to school. Um, for me, though, I was always skeptical. Not skeptical. Let me not say that. I was always hesitant because you would hear of the similar stories, people running off. Um, when it's Especially the people who get wait for last draw, where you're the last one to get your money. Yeah. You know, and I say, but okay, if I'm going to do last draw and I'm supposed to be throwing $500, let's say $500 a week, let me not just put the $500 aside. What me I bother with it for? The person who really benefits the most, in my opinion, or the persons are those who get first and second draw because them get the money up front. Right, that's all. And then you have some of them when they get the money up front, you know, here and I see them again, and then them automatically feel so they're not obligated for pay back the money. Because if you get first draw, first to the draw, was it penultimate is the one before the last? Yeah. If you get first through to the penultimate draw, you are in debt. You have to pay back. No matter goes fool you. You get the money don't mean say end so you have to pay back so that other people can get their money the person who's at the end when them get it that's it because they have been paying into it all along 
What oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I always worry about too is like what if the banker die? You know, your money... No, seriously, because <laughs> no, because, because sometimes because like I've been in a few of them, but sometimes you have like some people that have been doing it for, for like twenty years. Mm -hmm. People that are trustworthy that, that a lot of people swear by them to sell, you know, this Miss So and so has been doing this for twenty years. She's reliable, she's she's legit. And and you don't worry about like that person running off with your money or whatever, but then you worry about like okay, this person is an elderly person and they have been doing it for years. What if that person die? Your money, you know? Oh, so like, my. yeah, and 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 you don't get first and second draw unless you have been doing it with that person for for years. For years, yeah. Like yep. when you when you just enter, you're going, you're getting last draw when mm -hmm. you just enter the program. So yeah, yeah, that is so true. Um, let me check the chat. The banker gets a free hand. You know, um, Tasha, I've heard where the banker gets a free hand or everybody that um, collects, give them a money. That's what I've heard. So in some cases, the banker get a free hand and some of them get a contribution, right? Um, put back in, it's true, never even studied it like that. <laughs> yeah. So... Go ahead, go right ahead. Go ahead, Javet. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, War. <laughs> go ahead, Javet. I've never had a bad issue, thank God, with partners. And um, most time I've been a banker. James, you're always thinking about the negative. Come to the light. Come to the light, James. All right, I'm getting in my car. <laughs> All right, so Trinidad and Tobago, the citizens, do not get yourselves caught up in any Ponzi or pyramid schemes, but you can carry on with your susu or padna draw, whatever you call it. All right? Box hand for the Guyanese. What I call it in Ghana? Box. Box, Box hand. Box hand. Oh. That's interesting. So remember, black community, Afro community, a good way to start a business is through the um, partner like the Asians do it. Them take it out open business. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's how we did it here. Uh, it was done here. Used to be done here. My sister still do it. Mm -hmm. um, and um back in the day like in the 70s late 60s 70s when a lot of um black people start to uh, get the opening to come to canada mm -hmm. that's that's how a lot of them um start businesses and buy houses yes it was that was that was the way we go but i think um what happened in the late 80s um 90s um when the population exploded with a lot of us coming um a lot of mishaps start to happen so it kind of like followed a favor because a lot of people were coming who people didn't really know and oh. a lot of yeah so it, it's not as popular as it was then but it still remain a part of um the um a segment of the society right Ooh, wow. here yeah mm -hmm. right. thank you war okay next up <laughs> Did y'all see that video? Who checked out my IG page? Let me tell you something. 
You see, Jamaicans, sometimes you can't start for them. You really can't start for them sometimes. Let me let you listen to it. This is the documentary, but if you, am I saying it right? Documentary or the commentary, that's the right thing. But if you want to see the video, go to my IG page, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and the me is M-I. Only in Jamaica. Only in Jamaica. This is a video of a taxi man, one rush hour morning, deciding that he is too good to wait and has too many things to do, so he's going to reverse down the wrong side of the road. He continues to reverse for the entire way of East King's House Road until he then decides to turn into the entrance or exit of the shoe sand. Right? There are other cars coming up the road. He is endangering many, many lives, but it doesn't matter. These are the taxi drivers that are now calling for an amnesty to get a break or a payment plan for their traffic tickets i'm sorry and i'd like to say thank you to prime minister wholeness for standing his ground and not allowing this lawlessness to continue let me tell you something me not sorry for none of them me not sorry for them they don't need no amnesty because they don't have no behavior he is putting his life and the lives of those in the taxi with him at great risk reversing on the wrong side of the road and then he backs into the the driveway of the lashushan supermarket turns and goes in the opposite direction so now he's facing oncoming traffic on the wrong side of the road me for feel sorry for him me must feel sorry for him you give me a ticket now, I'm going to tell you, oh, Lord, I know we can eat, man. Give me a break now. I don't have money for pay the ticket. Man, move from here. I'm sorry. That's the dark, ignorant side of me coming out. Me, I'm sorry for you. When you, not sorry for yourself, not the people that are in the vehicle with you. I am not supporting an amnesty. I'm sorry. Find your asses to court and pay the money or go part the car and sit down. Think about your actions. They have consequences. Well, may I pick if you feed? Oh, you didn't think about that? Well, the people in your car have children they need to get home to. So your need to feed your child is more important than the need of those who are trying to get to work to feed their families at the end of the day. We are a lawless, selfish, ignorant set of people. Me no sorry none of them. Me don't talk. I mean... <laughs> go, go ahead. No, no, no. Go right ahead. Go right ahead, War. Oh, someone else was going to speak, so I let them speak. No, it was the next video that came through in error. <laughs> So it wasn't somebody else. Yeah. Um. Oh, hold on, the war. Yes, Miss Me. He is. It's a red plate. I know. I don't know if him license good or not, but it's a red plate taxi doing what him doing. There you go. Go ahead, War. Go ahead. Let me see if my can mm. finish at the top. But go ahead in the meantime, War. Sorry. Um. If if you know our history, right, then you would understand um why we are so uh, well as you said um lawless <laughs> <laughs> and you know just 
rebellious, rebellious. Because um, when if 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 you look if you look at it over the years, right? There's a book I believe um, that was written by, I believe it was Michelle Johnson along with another author. They do as they please, and they give a sort of history of you know Jamaica, way from I believe the 1800s upward. And this was sort of um, or the nature of the people that was sort of given. They're just rebellious. They just don't follow. And if you look at this other part, you know, with this same rebellious nature, it was that rebellious nature that eventually forced the British to, um, um, what would you say? Um, abandon the, the slave trade because on the island the same rebellious nature gave them so much problems that they decided that it was cheaper to let to let to 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 free to free them than to keep them like that. The um. The thing is, because I guess we weren't, uh, I, I'm saying we weren't allowed to evolve naturally on our own. So this outward, uh, um, rather rebellious nature is still there underneath, even though we try to oppress it and suppress it. You know? When you remember that this little island of um, rebellious people had more slave revolts, than all the all the other um, colonies combined, so it's like something in the nature of the people that's not not being addressed. I've not I've not been allowed to evolve so that we could move forward past it. You know what I mean? I, something I, like that. I understand what you're saying, war. But here's the thing: I am not going to excuse the behavior. And here's the thing. I'm not going to excuse the behavior because as, as, as I have said several times, when them leave Jamaica, them wouldn't dare try that in another country. They know right from wrong. Now, I embrace rebelliousness because to some degree, rebels are game changers. Don't get, don't get me wrong, right? It's because of the rebelliousness and the rebellions that were led that we have some freedoms, right? So you can use it for good or you can use it for bad everything is good and bad sugar salt salt is good for seasoning and giving flavor to food but if you put too much there are adverse effects effects right sugar is the same thing if you put too much sugar what happens it's bad for you anything can serve both purposes and yes, good and evil dwells in every single one of us. But we learn what is called self-control. How is it that we know how to exercise self-control in some situations and in others we don't know how to do it? And it's not that we don't know how to do it. We choose not to do it. And we choose not to do it. And when there are repercussions, we quick for blame everybody else or we find excuses 
as to why we do it. But at the end of the day, all we need to do is say, you know what? I was wrong and change the behavior. And I understand that, yes, the history, I get it. But I'm sorry. I think if we, we say go back to that, we're constantly using it as a crutch for bad behavior and an excuse for bad behavior. How is it that everybody don't operate that way then? Huh? How is it that every single Jamaican don't do the same thing? You're telling me that then the people who do the wrong and the bad, it just happened that they happen to be the, the descendants of the worst of the worst? I don't think so. It's a choice they have made. Now, this man driving backwards on the road, then turn around and going in the opposite direction on the wrong side of the road into oncoming traffic. You tell me no? Says because of rebellion in a way. No, I refuse to buy that. I can't, I can't use the one that one. Me, me, me agree with what you said to a degree, but I think we're making an excuse for the bad behavior. No, what I'm saying is not that I, I, I would make an excuse for that because that is just like stupidity. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that is that 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 there's residual effect from from our condition that comes forward because everything was not addressed right so you're always gonna find an element or a percentage that still carry certain residual behavior mm -hmm. okay. and this is what we are we are sort of weak war are you there or is I mean, it me okay right or anything like that so war yeah. let me ask you a question since it's residual right how do we address it going forward? If we can't fix the, the adults now, how do we see to it that the children don't replicate and repeat? How do, what can we do? What are some suggestions? Well, the thing is, um, our evolution, like I said, was not allowed to happen organically. And what happened now with the deterior deterioration of our society for the past 30, 40 years, mm -hmm right it that's gonna be a very difficult thing to address even with the younger generation moving forward because what's happening is that the behavior of a lot of adults is no examples for the children to follow and that's going and what we see more of is more inconsistencies and more um um hypocritical behaviors both from government from the top come down and, ch and children see that mm -hmm. And they're able to process those things mm -hmm. and realize that people, we don't say what we mean mm -hmm. and we don't do what we say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So until those things can be addressed, it will be very difficult to root out all those things outside of the society. And one more question for you, Warren, then I'm going to go over to O'Neill. Um, would we should we be surprised if somebody said government is the reason why he did that because i'm expecting to hear it you know is government why oh. him do why him do how, how government come into play this even if our government officials are doing wrong no um <laughs> i don't well, well what what can you say it's consistent it's consistent that's what i would say mm -hmm. 
right. it's consistent. They make the rules, they break the rules. <laughs> you know, they say things and don't do it. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, but we don't so have to follow top, them. Top, no, we don't have to. It's a choice. It's a choice. You know, like you said, right? And the choice depending on what part of the economic scale you fall on. You, you know, um, I can agree. Extent. Yeah, to a certain extent. I was a, I, I'm glad you said that. To a certain extent. Because I have seen people who are at the very low end of the economic scale. And they have never, never done anything questionable. Right? All right. Go ahead, O'Neill. Hi, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Um, all right, so on principle, I, I kind of disagree with some of the points who are made. Um, I understand the thinking, but to the points you made, Michelle, about this same Jamaican that is reversing on the road, gets a U.S. visa, and by the time he gets off the plane in Miami, he's the perfect Samp, um example of what a good person should be. He joins the line, he turns off his phone, he says yes ma'am, he says yes sir. He gets into a car, he drives in the US, he stops at every stop sign, he doesn't disobey any red light, he doesn't reverse anywhere. I think your environment dictates a lot of what is happening. I don't think it's, 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 it's connected to slavery or or how we got independence, or any of that. I think the real reason that Jamaicans behave the way they behave is because there's no check and ba the, the check and balances. So the whole thing is the government fault. It is the government fault, not for what he did, but because they haven't created an environment to foster better behavior. And so the judicial system is woefully wanting, right? In, there's a reason why I have a balance. It has to be just, it has to be swift. Justice has to be swift. So somebody get caught reversing on the road, you get caught, as a matter of fact, there's a video, so you can actually get a license plate number, you can track down who it is. That person should be hauled in, that person should be hauled before the court, that person should be fined. So it's, if it's jail time, it's a fine, if it's suspension of license, it should happen immediately. Immediately. Um, you can't have people that have 100 tickets, but still being able to, to license their cars, register their cars, renew their driver's license. It's the government's fault. So what I'm basically thinking, I'm talking about the systems that don't work. Right. It fosters the behavior of, I'm taking this risk because I can, I can get away with it. And the more you get away with it, is the more brazen you get. And the more other people see you getting away with it, it becomes a habit. Habits are formed. So at the end of the day, if they, if they, if they, what needs to happen, and I think this is how the judicial system, I was talking to someone last night about the whole thing in Jamaica, and it's ridiculous. The comparison between amnesty for gun and amnesty for tickets, it's crazy. There was an amnesty in 2017. A lot of these people never pay their tickets. Now I can understand mm -hmm. they have removed the access I heard from paying tickets at tax office, which means it now becomes more difficult. You have 21 days to pay a ticket. If the system by which you pay these tickets is not accessible, and I know from a fact that if you get a ticket in Portland, 
last month and the date is 30 or 40 days or 60 days, you have to drive to Portland. If you miss paying that ticket at the tax office for whatever reason, you have to drive to Portland and present yourself at court. And sometimes that's an entire day just to resolve a ticket. That's that's beyond God. That is that's not like the nineteen fifty the fifteen hundreds. Mm -hmm. um, there should be a digital system that you can just go online and pay a ticket, or um, access points that you can pay a ticket. So all of these things add to the whole craziness that we're seeing. And yes, it goes back to the government. And I'm not talking about PMP or GLP. It goes back to whoever is in governance, whoever have been in governance, and what they have not done that has created a system that is so deteriorated right now that lawlessness prevails. So I end right there. Okay, so um, you can pay your traffic ticket online in Jamaica. tax authority of jamaica they do offer an e-service platform so there is a way to do it there right um so public education to michelle so i mean i never know so i'm just saying let me let ignorance is no excuse for, to the law but let me just say <laughs> right. let me say 50 percent. because the other thing is the selling of driver's license maybe 60 to 70 percent of these drivers can i read and write <laughs> no, it's just reality. Like, we need to have a total overhaul of the system. You should not be able to drive a public transportation just like how you get a, you apply for a gun. Mm -hmm. You have to go out of range and go fire a gun for six weeks before you can get the license. You should not be able to drive a public transportation vehicle until you have gone through a course and passed the exam. Like, if you don't put systems in place and structures, then it's a free-for-all and anybody can do it. And if anybody can do it, the good, bad, indifferent is going to get there. And trust me, the bad eggs, one takes one bad apple to spoil an entire barrel. Yep. I'm yep. done. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. So I know someone just mm -hmm. opened their mic. Oh, Ward, go ahead, yeah, I, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the troublemaker. Just open <laughs> no, man, mic. no, man. No, no troublemaker at all. Okay. No, I'm saying, right, uh, okay. Culture, you cannot, I don't believe we, we can dismiss the culture just like that and say no, right? Because the experience of the culture um, make the people into what they are. And we have to take the good with the bad. We can't just dismiss it as though it it was never ever a part, because it does um, have a role in the equation, as, like it or not. Right, that's what I, um, I have to say. Where that is concerned, and again, the culture, lawlessness, um, rebelliousness—it's in the government itself. You know what I mean? The the corruption. That is lawlessness and rebelliousness being demonstrated in the government, right? And the fact that in 2022, we have such a, um, a percentage of Jamaicans who can't read and write properly, right? Goes to the fact that, as I said before, there's things that need to be addressed within the culture, within the system, right? Because how are you going to um, raise up a people 
to be to um modify their behavior properly if you do not have adequate education all right thank you War. okay so back to the chat let me jump over to the chat kalisha wrote the e-ticketing system is also flawed if you miss the date on the e-ticket you still have to go to court and the e-ticket system is currently under review so if you go to court you have to keep going back because they're not taking the payment so um it's our responsibility then i would say that if we get a ticket we pay attention to the deadline and see to it that it's paid before the date if we want the convenience of being able to pay it online now i agree based on this that there needs to be some ironing out and see to some seeing to it that it is um ease of access meaning it is functioning that it is maintained so that there are no hiccups that part i will say uh, yes they need to work on overhauling that but if you are able to make your payment prior to the due date don't wait don't delay all right um um michelle yes yes my simple thing to jamaica i don't i think it's very abc what about the government get up tomorrow morning put together a committee them love put committees together <laughs> come up with a 22 point plan i'm gonna ask you if you do it overnight but say in 2023 between january and december we're gonna work on these say one thing every month you are you gonna be working on it over the year but you're going to fix one thing every month or something Put together a plan that says between January to, 20, to, to, to December 2023, these are the things that we have identified as problems. These are the solutions. And these solutions is going to begin with me, the government. So I'm going to ensure, right? So if you can, if $50 million, $50 million can be misused and $100 million and $400 million, come on. I'm sure there's some little bright, savvy kid or organization that knows how to fix the e-system, e-ticketing system, and make it run smooth. Invest the money in solutions. Right. Stop spending money on Band-Aid because you're bridging around the corner and need to eat a food. Stop giving the money to institutions that don't know what they're doing. And I'm saying, let's start with the justice system. Create a very a swift working i mean i was talking to someone last night what i'm about still to this day them have some minor case and a 2025 for the trial date <laughs> and i'm saying we're no it, it that's it, sad it, no i'm saying these are the things we are human all of us are human trust me human beings if you when humans get frustrated they do stupid things we do dumb things when we're stressed out, when we're depressed. We already have a depressed country. Why are we making the depressed more depressed? By creating depressing, depressing systems. So when I hear the taxman them talk, I'm going to like taxman. I'm going to talk it straight. I'm going <laughs> to like them. I'm going to like them not at all. I'll them my friend. I'm going to like them. Because I'm not the man as them not have nothing for them. But when you hear taxman get up and say, we want to pay our tickets, but these are the reasons. We can't drive, go to five different courthouses. 
we can't slow down and waste a day. I tell you again, we have to be mindful that if you have a broken system, if people cannot earn, so you don't earn the, 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 the owner of the car money and take away your car. And you have two people for send to school. Now we're talking about kids who don't get to go to school or get end up in some other idle activity. It's everything affects it. It's a domino effect in Jamaica. So we talk about the crime, but we're talking about things in silos. Or oh, the taxi man, them unruly over there, so. The little boy, them unruly over there, so. The teacher, them over there, so. The nerd. We are approaching Jamaica as if it's a crossword puzzle and the pieces are scattered. Every piece of that puzzle fits with something else. And if you fix, if you systematically look at a structure, a logical way to, to fix, and I said start with the justice system, swift justice, fear and swift justice will start to result in better order. Order will start to result in better results because people will know that if I commit the crime, whether it is a petty crime or a serious crime, I will get caught. That's what America have over everybody, you know. There's a, the, the probability of you getting away with a crime. Would you getting away with breaking a red light? Would you getting away with reversing on the road? Would you getting away with doing stuff is so slim that it makes you not want to commit the crime. I, and I yield. All right. Thank you so much. Can Ian. I say something? Yes. One more, and then we're going to move on. Go ahead, War. Okay. In, in listening to you, right, okay, when you said bright ideas and all these um, this, uh, sort of things, I, I, what came to my mind is what um, um, former Senator Dr. Andre Harton said. Jamaica is not lacking solutions or ideas when it comes to solving the problem. Because he said when he was in there and gave simple, clear solutions to problems. Those who are entrenched in the party would look at him and make fun of him, right? And of his ideas. He's just speaking, I guess, you know, from that um, perspective, his, his own personal experience, mm -hmm. right? So it, it, it's like he's saying there's a lack or there's no will um, on the part of those uh, from from the head come down to where his level to accept ideas that would revolutionize and change the government. They're not lacking ideas. They just do not want to change the system. And it goes back to even what we were saying yesterday. There are um, people who do not want, who, who's interested, they don't have a vested interest in making Jamaica a better place. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. More appreciate your comments. <laughs> okay, so I'm just checking the last um, in the chat here. Infrastructure and financial ties make it hard to put in place. Another comment, if a cop had pulled him over, all the cabbie had to do was give him some money and he would have been on his merry way. <laughs> Jamaica, Jamaica. Corruption, corruption. <laughs> Rebellious corruption. Jamaica. Yeah, let me tell you something. I don't think there's anywhere in the world like Jamaica. Our next story, courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com. Educator calls for more equitable funding for local primary schools. A leading voice in education nationally is calling for reformation in the way local schools are financed, arguing that funds should be allocated 
based on equity and not equality. The call was made by former permanent secretary in the Ministry of Education, Dr. Maurice Smith, who said though the number of primary schools far outweigh the number of secondary schools locally, the former continues to receive less funding. This situation, he said, has resulted in some primary school educators turning to creative methods, including staging fish fries and barbecues to raise additional funds to finance the day-to-day operations of their institutions. There are about six and a half times the number of primary schools than there are high schools, and yet the amount of money that goes to a primary school is nothing in comparison. And so principals and teachers have to be doing these things, hosting fish fry and barbecue. I never heard of a policeman hosting a fun day to raise money for the police station. Smith, the current registrar of the University of the West Indies, insisted that more focus needs to be placed on ensuring primary schools are adequately funded. At the same time, he highlighted the pressures that are faced by principals generally in the education system. If you are a principal, you want to move from one school to another, and one of the things that is silently expected of you is whether you have constructed or built something. You're looking about sewage, construction, labor, conflicts, security guards, and less about teaching and learning, whereas people in other professions do not concern themselves with those things. They are able to focus on the technical components of the job. So we need to look at how we resource our primary schools, how we take the same money and more equitably distribute the same. Smith, who served as permanent secretary in the education ministry between November 2015 and October 2016, explained what he termed equity versus equality relative to the allocation of funds to schools. In my last stint at the Ministry of Education, when the minister then announced the increase of subventions into high schools, what was meant, ladies and gentlemen, is not what happened. What was meant was the same equity principle, where schools that had students that had behavioral issues, schools that had students who came in with averages of 20s, 30s, and 40s, those schools would get more money so that they could resource themselves in terms of equipment and staff to better provide for the needs of the students. However, Smith shared that what ended up happening was that the equity principle was parked and the equality principle stood up. This, said the former permanent secretary, meant that all good schools, or all schools, sorry, got the same increase in funds. And I have to agree with him on that. Um... You have to do case by case in some instances so that the term no child left behind is actually implemented. Um, Now, schools having to do fundraisers is nothing new. My mother did many fundraisers for the school that she worked at. Yes, she left a couple buildings behind. Um, It just goes to the territory because at the end of the day, ministry is not able to subs let me not say able they're not subsidizing to the extent that you would hope and school fees alone can't cover everything right and if you're going to sit and wait on ministry there are certain things that are going to just break down and go by the wayside 
um i know she did a lot of letter writing to execs and she, she raised millions of dollars millions she wasn't going to sit and wait on anybody to do it she just got up and did it um she it's a it's a boarding school so she would go to um what's the name of the food place there in kingston it's not in kingston outside kingston food for the poor to get mattresses to redo dormitories it's a lot should it be that way no no it shouldn't the truth is the government should see to it that every school is outfitted the way it ought to be there are certain things in place so that principals and teachers can pay attention to the things that matter yeah so let's see if they will listen to what he has to what smith has to say go right ahead morning james again yeah, morning again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I just you know i just really think that you know the, the dysfunction of of the country like right across the board education and you know discipline everything i think i fail to to believe that you know the government um there's not things easy solution sometimes that the government can use to fix things but i just feel like you know as someone expressed to me once they went back to jamaica to do business because it's easier to thrive in a broken um market as opposed to like america where you have to follow all these rules and that's their reason for going back because when you look next door to jamaica there's no excuse when you look at cuba cuba is is one of the poorest country in the world and still have one of the most educated um population in the world so and 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 we're next door we have had that relationship like a tight relationship with cuba going back to independence and and there are jamaicans in cuba like um they're close political ties and you can't you, you can't tell me that the, the government can't look at cuba and say okay how are they able to educate their population when they, they they're on like a tight grip from like a superpower like america but still they are able to educate um nurses and um, doctors and the, the average you, you walk around cuba like everybody speaks english you, like you 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 like with a taxi driver like uh um the maid that that spread in the bed in the hotel like everybody speaks you know have a second language so i just believe that you know the politicians they keep jamaica a certain way because they feel like they benefit they benefit from it more you know, like when you educate a society and, and you have people that are not, say, yo, my a born labor right or even the dog a labor right or I'm born PMP or whatever. And regardless of what you do, they're still going to vote for you. When you have, you know, like the, the, the cross-section of people, like some of the people are coming out of university now that are independent and, and, and they swing to the political party that they, they see doing more. I think that's the fear that politicians have and they don't want to to, to do the necessary stuff to make sure Jamaica because over the past 20 years Jamaica has changed in terms of infrastructure but in terms of like human resource and stuff like that like 
we just lag behind with the education system and I feel like it's designed and that's the way they want it. Okay. All right. Thank you, James. Our next story, courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com. U.S. fugitive on run for 10 years held in St. James Raid. A man said to be a fugitive wanted by officials in the United States for the past 10 years was apprehended in a high-profile operation in St. James on Tuesday. Reports are that the man, who is 71 years old, was apprehended in Norwood in the parish. The raid was carried out by officials from the Lotto Scam Task Force Fugitive Apprehension Team, Counterterrorism and Organized Crime Investigations Branch, CTOC, and United States Marshals. Next up, robbers using motorcycles, taxes nabbed by St. Anne Police. Faced with major with a major uptick in robberies since the start of the year, law enforcers in St. Anne have arrested several perpetrators of such crimes. A number of motorcyclists and persons allegedly using the guise of operating taxis to commit robberies are among those charged and have their cases in court, according to head of the St. Anne Police, Senior Superintendent Dwight Powell. In addressing the monthly meeting of the St. Anne Municipal Corporation on Thursday, he outlined that up to November 10, some 84 cases of robberies had been recorded in the parish so far this year. This represents an increase of 44 cases when compared to the 40 incidents that were recorded over the corresponding period last year. Significantly, though, he said, I want to indicate to council that we have been making some significant strides in terms of arrests for these robberies. We're having some challenges with bikers, but pleased to report to council that we have managed to make some significant breakthroughs. Some of the bikers are in custody and are facing numerous robbery charges. According to the parish commander, charges have also been laid against some of those individuals who have been allegedly utilizing taxes to commit robberies. Meanwhile, he said although murders have increased by seven, bringing the overall number to 55 cases recorded up to November 10, the police are trying to categorize sorry, the situation as domestic disputes have contributed to the murder tally in St. Anne. We have been watching a few conflict situations across Brownstown, Orange Hill, Windsor, Stirtown, and Pineapple in Ocherias. In those situations, the police are doing what is necessary to mitigate those incidents of conflicts. And our next story, courtesy of Nationwide, RadioJM.com. Criminals using sophisticated strategies to infiltrate public entities, according to the Prime Minister. Okay, and I don't know why this thing just blanked out on me. I do apologize for that. Let's see if I... Okay, here we go. Okay, close that. All right, good. Sometimes these things work, sometimes they don't. So Prime Minister Andrew Holness says criminals are using deliberate strategies to infiltrate public entities and officers in their illicit activities. He notes that over the years, gangs have morphed into intelligent organizations. He added that criminals are doing their best to influence government policy and outcome. Prime Minister Holness notes that the level of violence in Jamaica is unusual. He highlights that there's been a high level of disinvestment in the security forces for decades. The Prime Minister was speaking during 
a media conference at the Jamaica House, and he declared states of emergency across the parishes of Clarendon, St. Catherine, Hanover, St. James, and Westmoreland, and sections of Kingston and St. Andrew. And I'm just trying to get the sound bite here for you. Please bear with me one moment. They are scoping the environment. They are paying attention to the strategies of the police force. They are consolidating information to make decisions. And they are hierarchical. They have networks. They have leadership. They have deliberate recruiting mechanisms. They have deliberate trade mechanisms. They have deliberate mechanisms to launder their ill-gotten gains and to establish legitimate operations. Even war-torn countries have a murder rate less than Jamaica. And we have, as a people, we have to recognize that the murder rate that we have, the level of violence that we have, the level of public disorder that we have, the level of trying to challenge the state, it is unusual, it is abnormal, and it is destructive. The level of investment needed to keep current with the level of crime and demands on our security forces has been very low and instances non-existent. Secondly, we have a very unsophisticated view of national security. We want to have safety, we want to have peace, but we don't see the importance in the, the preeminence of national security, both the citizen and the political uh, intelligence. We need to take this opportunity to find and disarm gunmen of their weapons. So this state of public emergency gives our security forces greater strategic power over the use of their resources. So not only can we do static operations, we now have the ability to operate dynamically. That is to take intelligence and pursue persons who are criminally inclined. And I think this has to be stressed. This government does not believe in the arbitrary use of power. All right, and that was our Prime Minister Andrew Holness. Go ahead, O'Neill. Well, anyway, I read, I think whoever writes his speech, um, maybe it is uh, Wimliam, Nestor. He's not a very great marketer, but he's maybe very good at doing a communication script. I mean, at the end of the day, you have been doing SOE since 2016. And your SOEs have not done anything to dent crime. But overnight, you're going to put an SOE in Christmas this year, and that SOE is going to now solve crime because you can perfectly use this SOE. So what happened to all the Zozo and SOEs that you've been doing for the last, well, we're in a 2022 now, say so that 60, the last six years? I mean, I just think our beautiful government is a beautiful lie. I yield. <laughs> I have to. We have to call a spade a spade, right? And when do we 
stop the BS, the BSing around. When do we come forward and say, be, just be honest and say, you know something, we have failed. And the reason we have failed in this particular area is because of A, B, C, D, E. We recognize these failures and these are the solutions that we are going to implement. Now, we can't do it on our own. This is going to be a concerted effort. It's group work. You know, when you're back in school, you know, I feel like everybody in a group with you, but the goal is to get it accomplished so y'all can get a good grade. Well, let us transfer that mindset out of the classroom into the political arena as it as we relates to governing the country. All right. I can respect when someone can be forthcoming and say, you know, say I made a teeth that breadfruit that are for the tree. I'm a no me nine for tea for tino. Next time I know me I go do Miss Jane, me go knock pan your gate. I'm gonna ask if me can pick that bed breadfruit there. Come in and know if you're not keep it for yourself, you know, cause the one with the tip on the tree you now, and you might have it hungry too. So you know next time, Miss Jane, me go knock pan your gate. You hear? And then see to it that you follow through and knock pan Miss Jane gate. Answer Miss Jane. Beg it a breadfruit, you know. And Miss Jane can say to your boy, you want to say, I'm going to save it for breakfast over the weekend. Miss Jane, I beg your peace, no? Let us, it, it, it starts like that. Basic, simple. It's not a, in a tech rocket science, you don't need a political science degree. You don't need a doctorate. You don't need a master's or a bachelor's. There are some things that are just simple common sense in, when it comes to approach. All right? I'm done speaking. Uh, 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 just going to quickly say something. Um, I think Jamaica, just listening to you all, I think Jamaica did a tr truth and reconciliation exercise. So they're doing a gun amnesty right now, and they have enacted new gun laws. So it's now mandatory if you're caught with a weapon that's not yours or not licensed, you're automatically get 15 years in prison. There's no out clause for it, right? But I think Jamaica need a truth and reconciliation process where from the government and the citizens are encouraged and you have some level of amnesty for certain crimes, depending on the kind of crime, not murder, you know. And um, I also believe that I go back to the fact that I think the biggest issue in Jamaica's issues has to do with the judicial system that I believe is non-existent at this point in time. You cannot have law and order where there, where there is no justice. And justice has to be swift and fair. So if somebody is caught doing a crime, it doesn't matter how small the crime is or how huge the crime is, that crime need not just holding somebody and charging them, but actually having a system that work, a court system that work. Start to do Zoom court for some of the little petty stuff. Like, you know, um, some of the, 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 the incidents that are not um, huge, life-threatening criminal cases. Start to try them via Zoom. Um, train more judges. Um, we have a lot of lawyers. I think Norman Manet Law School turned out a lot of lawyers per year. Um, but 
until they fix the justice system and 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 they come you know how we deal with criminality is done in a swift and just way we can beat up we're going kill god come we're going to the same situation do again. do um jp still do petty petty sessions in court i don't think so the not that i know okay uh, but but and that's another issue too <laughs> and I said another issue because they have a lot they, they, so here in the United States I get to realize that notaries can be paid up to 10 US dollars to sign a document JPs are not being paid JPs yeah it's a volunteer almost here I'm scared I'm, listen nothing in life is for free man <laughs> nothing in life for compensate people make people feel appreciated I think a, the whole system in Jamaica need an overhaul and, and I'm saying it not from a jest Jamaica's problem can be fixed. And let's give one example. When Grand Spen, I don't know if you remember, if any of you guys remember when Grand Spen was the hot spot in Kingston. Mm -hmm. People were dying like flies. I remember. And they built that police station and put in the Peace Management Initiative. Grand Spen crime rate, which was uncontrollable, which was worse than a war zone, hmm. was reduced. And you can drive through Grand Spen today. So that is evidence that it doesn't matter how broken a system is it can be fixed and i think jamaica have had we have had enough evidence precedence um information that if they use it but as somebody said earlier about dr andre Arten, the system is designed for lazy people who goes into government collect the salary use the perks of being a, 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 a minister or a member of parliament, um, the nepotism of having access to funds to give to them friends and them family to gain favor and to gain re-election. We don't have minds that are serious about re, um, solving crime and, and, and resolute about having solutions being implemented. Okay. So, yeah. All right, so I'm going to play the clip. Um, bunting, criticizing wholeness's administration and the use of SOEs. And this is our... Even if you use government's own justification of increasing violent crime for SOEs, Kingston and St. Andrew this year, murders are down 17.5% and shootings are down 23.4%. So even if you were to use it to justify other parishes, how do they justify using it in Kingston and St. Andrew? This would mean that it can be just used at the whim of the government or the prime minister. It's nothing new. They have maintained this unconstitutional use of SOEs, and it really only telegraphs a general bankruptcy of ideas in addressing crime. The opposition has for a long time held the view that the serial and routine use of the state of emergency as a tool of policing is unconstitutional. The courts have ruled in two cases supporting our view. We have requested the regulation to support the state of emergency because we know those specifically were struck down and we have not received them up to the time of the declaration. The opposition leader requested the chairpersons and members of the tribunal for the respective states of emergency. We have received nothing. 
look at where you've had the huge increases in crime. 75% increase in murder in St. Elizabeth. 78% in Manchester. 87% in Trelawney. These states of emergency will do nothing to address their situations. In fact, it will probably make it worse because when they pull off resources that could have been located in those parishes, it is the government's responsibility to address these issues. They campaign on it and they fail. This is what then-opposition leader Andrew Honey campaigned on. He said there's a lot the government can do. And the only thing he has come up with is this unconstitutional use of state of emergency. To your point, O'Neill. <laughs> and I don't like yeah, Peter Bounty. <laughs> James, go ahead. Yeah, as, as to what O'Neill was saying about the truth and reconciliation, you know, I believe that it's it's like very hypocritical for Jamaicans, like both citizens and government, to be sitting around waiting for like an official apology from the monarch about slavery when, you know, the Jamaican government, both governments, refuse to come out and apologize to the Jamaican people for their part because when Jamaica was handed over um, to, to an independent, we were broken, like we're poor, but crime rate was, was, was nothing compared to what it is today. And I believe in order for us to move on as a country and as a people, the JLP and the PMP need to come out and officially apologize for their role in, in putting guns in these young men's hands um, for political um, tribal war. They need, to, they, they need to apologize for that, take responsibility, um, and, and plead to the Jamaican people and say, look, we're not going to sit down and blame dance or music. You know, we can agree that there, there's influence in it. But all of us as Jamaicans, starting from the government, is going to take responsibility for the, for the moral decay of the country, the breakdown, the, the political, the tribal war that we, the government, started. You know, apologize for it, take responsibility for their role, uh, and say, look, going forward, we're, we're going to, you know, to solve these type of crime and, uh, and stuff like that, you know, we're going to have to be in some uncomfortable moments like some people are probably going to have to give up certain rights in order for us to stem this crime problem but start from up uh, from from taking responsibility for for what they started and, and then when you know when they're moving forward with anything like soe or whatever that some people might not like at least you know both parties would have would have stood up and said look we started this we are the first one bring gun and give people and you can see a genuine effort like of trying to clean up because the reality is that there's no country in the world that had a severe crime problem that were able to fix it without people banning them belly, giving up some rights and, and, and some uncomfortable moments for at least five or ten years to solve this crime problem. So I don't believe that Jamaica crime problem will ever be solved if government don't take responsibility for their part that they played in it, and both parties come together and unite under one thing, we're going to fix the crime in Jamaica. You know, because, yeah, fix the highway, fix 
all these high-rise buildings that's going up and have the same crime rate doesn't make sense. So I, I believe that truth and reconciliation start right there with them, taking some accountability for their part in what Jamaica is today. All right, thank you. And in entertainment news out of Caribbean Corner, oh, War, you wanted to say something? Go ahead, real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I just wanted to say to James, um, the U.S. need to be involved in that truth and reconciliation <laughs> for their part. Because they are part of the main reason why it's like that, because of their activities on the island. All right. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and sorry, Michelle, I'm just going to say that I think we should just dance a yard before dance a yard. Leave America, leave England, leave everybody out there. Let us inside out. Because you see, the moment we start to point on somebody external, it becomes the blame game. Let us as a people, the truth and reconciliation need to be about us, our role. Somebody was influenced by the United States government. I mean, us. We need, because the buy-in has to be from the government. As the first thing Andrew Oldness needs to do is to find a way to sit down on a platform with Mark Golden and have a press conference to the country together. Just like how America do it with Putin. When Putin comes to America, they go to whatever. Show that on this particular topic, both sides of the table or the coin has a vested interest in a solution. And two, have the conversation with the people to say, let us fix this problem. Let the ordinary man, including the gunman, feel like him have a responsibility for end crime. And you know what that will do, O'Neill? It will reinstate some sort of respect for our political leaders in the country. Because if you invite the U.S. per se to come in and help, with or to be a part of the truth and reconciliation, all that is going to do is further create a divide when it comes to respect, where lack of respect will continue to permeate and be prevalent as it relates to our officials. All right. All right. So our next. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. But it is relevant seeing that in every time Jamaica tried to chart its own journey, they are the overseers and the interferers in our um in the decisions that we want to make for ourselves so we're not truly independent that's the reason why i say that and i understand because, what you're saying wars yeah so what we need is a department meeting and then we have a company-wide meeting make sense <laughs> all right i gotta keep it moving our okay. next our next story um best reggae album nominations reveal coffee shaggy sean paul kabaka and protege so five talented jamaicans have been nominated in the best reggae album category for the 65th staging of the annual grammy awards to be held in 2023 the nominees are coffee's gifted Sean Paul's Scorcha, Protégé's Third Times the Charm, Kabaka Pyramid's The Calling, and Shaggy's Come Fly With Me. Must be 
resto
I emerge from the shadows with my big spliff a glow Kabaka sent to call me, said the war it ready now Raga sent me upon the road with the magazine them load Lyrically rapid fire when they attack in the crowd Anytime we come around, no power and it's done Surrender to the struggle is a thing we'll never do The example has been shown, some believe and others know Rastafari make the call, my brothers and my sisters more better let them throw Steps I take, yeah. Guiding the steps I take. Whoa, young for me, grateful. Sit high for me, a little balancing. Me the on the road in a quarantine. Me the on the road in a Balenciaga. Eh, new Fenty for my Prada. Eh, ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. Vibing, good vibes inside. Yeah, light up, don't fight it. Fire, ignite it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the five talented Jamaicans that have been nominated in the Best Reggae Album category for the 65th staging of the annual Grammy Awards to be held in 2023. You heard Sean Paul's Scorcher Protégé's Third Time's a Charm, Kabaka Calling, well, Kabaka's The Calling, and Shaggy's Come Fly With Me. And right now, you're hearing Coffee's Gifted title tracks of the album. So the other day when we spoke about the Grammys this week, I said, um, there was a group I never heard of before. Now I don't even remember their names because, well, not that important. <laughs> and I said, um, don't be surprised if they win, right? Well, I'm going to tell us something. May I go Bex if one of these artists don't come home with the Grammy? All talented, super talented, great work, great production. In my opinion, my humble opinion, non-qualified opinion. Um, the announcement was made by R&B singer John Legend during the Recording Academy's annual nominations live stream event. This nomination marks another victory for Coffee, who was the youngest person to win Best Reggae Album back in 2020 for her EP, Rapture. She made history as the youngest woman to snag the win in the 37-year history 
of the category. Sean Paul and Shaggy are no stranger to this category either, as the men are both Grammy Award winners. Sean Paul won back in 2003 for his album Dutty Rock, and Shaggy won with Bombastic in 1966, and again in 2019 for his joint album with Sting called 44876. Protégé was nominated for the award in 2018 for the album A Matter of Time, but was unsuccessful that year in taking home the award. Kabaka Pyramid earns his first nomination with his sophomore album, The Calling, that was released on the last day of qualification. The album, produced by Damien Junagong Marley, was released via Ghetto Youths International. Uh, someone's mic is open. Okay. The album, produced by Damien Junior Gong Marley, was released via Ghetto Youths International and Bebel Rock Music. The number of albums up for consideration this year has declined significantly to a total of 67, down from 125 last year. All right, so um, hopefully those... Did I say 66 or, or 96? What did I say? Anything is possible, you know. 66. A 66%? Anything is possible. Yeah. Anything is possible. I was wondering if Shaggy was that old. He's that old. Trust and believe. He's that old. <laughs> <laughs> no. My apologies. My sincere apologies. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for catching me on that one. Thank you so much. I noticed this week I've been saying a lot of wrong things. I've been saying Dre, Dre not even in the room. I've been all kind of, you know I need a vacation. <laughs> new moon, new moon. <laughs> you, yes, indeed. So, you know, let us root for them. But what's more important is that they have those on the board who, who can vote for them. That's what we really need. They have the nominations, but we need them to take home the Grammy. After all, reggae was birthed in Jamaica. Am I being, yeah, I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for 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 coffee and protege. Yes, you know, like it it will be it will be amazing if if protege could win it. You know, because I think he doesn't get as much credit that he should. You yes. know, like I think like this guy like he's at the forefront of women's empowerment in music, and I think you know he needs to get a lot of credit for that because I know like his mom is one of the most was one of the most talented voice in music back in the days. And I know, like, back in her time, like, she would have had to struggle. And probably, like, if if it was a different time, she would be, like, a legend in music. So I believe that is something personal for him in his camp where, you know, like, women feel comfortable around him knowing that they don't have to go in with all this pressure, you know, of, like, giving up their bodies and stuff like that to to think so i think yeah like credit to him and i hope he wins you know and and him or coffee like i'm rooting for both of them so if i were to choose james i would go for protege and kabaka for the mere fact that even though protege was um nominated before he did not win but i would love to see one of the two get the um grammy because they don't have any right coffee has one sean paul has shaggy has so i'm i'm kind of you know pushing I'm, them I'm on a little go further more. go I'm ahead Dre. Go more. 
I'm going to go more calculated on this one. Uh-huh. I would say Kabaka Pyramid would win because it have the Ghetto Youth International imprint on it. Mm, okay. And Junior Gong. I mean, Mr. Gong, I tell you, the youngest veteran. <laughs> yeah, Dre, Dre I, I agree. I agree with Dre. Don't be surprised if he wins because all of the Marlies have a vote. Ah. And you, you, you know that they are going to vote. All of them have a vote. And that's, they're strategic, you know, like huh. Jamaicans, Jamaicans are busy beating them up and talking about, and, and that's the thing I don't like with Jamaicans, because for me, as I get a youth, my son and my, my daughter should grow up middle class. And I don't understand this classist thing in Jamaica, where if a, if a dancehall artist will come from the ghetto, do good, and, and their son grow up town. You're telling me, like, because Junior Gang grow up town. He must deserve the love from Jamaicans. So, yeah, you know, I believe that. Yeah, Dread, he could win because of the the the, the, the machine behind. Because every single Marley have a vote. Well, that's and it's a good. lot of Mar it's a lot of Marleys. <laughs> so, so then, James, if if that is the case, and Jamaicans are smart, the artists they would align themselves with them then, instead of fighting against them. That's a whole different story. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that's why you know see Bonticilla doing that now, because remember the Bonticilla um, yeah. new album, um, Marley produced it too. But but hold on there, Dre. We talk about the Republicans all the time, right? Them not have to like each other, right? But they join forces because Moments. we spoke about this on the Rosolo show yesterday. It's where, a whole different story. I, I get you, but we spoke about this. Their objective is to get. The job done. Them not care who in a city. You could, have, you could have put a chihuahua in a dress. Or put a German shepherd in a pants. Them are going to make sure so the chihuahua and the German shepherd are right where they need them to be. And I think we need to learn to put politics aside. When I say politics, I'm not talking about government. I'm talking about the politics in the music industry. We have to learn to put politics aside. Things are not going to be perfect. If we're looking for perfection, it's not going to happen. It's not happen. But let us see how we can work together. And that is what is killing us, the division. Go ahead, Dre. Sorry. So we... Oh, sorry. Dre? I would say the Marlies are not fair in their vote. I, I don't know, Dre. Where you there? Well, you're there. <laughs> yes, no, no. I was saying you're saying more people need to align themselves with them, but I'm saying it's, it's, that that's that's a whole different story. Yeah, I, I understand the logics behind it, but a lot of people had um, I hear to the grapevine. Just just saying, uh -huh. a lot of people, um, even people that I know, align themselves with them, and end of the day, you have to feed your family. Uh, I, just let's put it that way. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, so you can align yourself with them, but if it's not paying off when you align yourself with somebody for a decade or more, numerous people, um, and people are going to leave. So Let know. me ask a question. Why is it that this alliance has not um, produced what they were looking for? What are the? Do we have everything on the table laid out where I can say, okay, yeah, I understand. Or are we only hearing bits and pieces? Because we all have a version of the story, depending on how we feel emotionally, right? But a version doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. So I want to know, 
what are the things can we lay them out on the table hear what they are hoping it's the truth that's being laid out hearing from both sides of the fence and here's why i'm saying that here's why i'm saying that and i'm not taking anybody's side right but too often i have heard where people want to lead people to show them a different way of doing things and their people they're not people not showing up for studio time people not showing up um being business-like about what they're supposed to do coming to studio high or drunk them not ready with them lyrics them uh, waste time nobody has time for time wasters time is money and it's another thing that i've heard is that you're trying to teach them the business so that they are not robbed because it's a business where you will get them rob you blind you know you're being taught the business as how to cement yourself and them not want that right so i'm just highlighting those concerns that have been aired by those who have want to show people in the industry in jamaica that listen man this thing can work but you, it's not just about jumping on the mic or jumping on a stage it's there's more to it and actually it's the behind the scenes that can generate the revenue long term versus you being on stage all right i don't know what do i know okay so we're gonna take a quick break when we return we have stories out of north america it is hashtag wcw woman crush wednesday so we're playing songs from the good old days done by woman you're in tune to coffee and toe keep it light Oh 
Thank you to all of our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. And thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens, always a vibe. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee Into, world news on the go. We do this every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Way back, take you down memory lane today for hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. What y'all know about this one? another one for you.
This one from Matume. Gonna get into the details of stories out of North America. so much matume first up canada's trudeau raises chinese interference in talks with is it z xr how to pronounce it in chinese z i think so canadian prime minister justin trudeau has raised concerns over alleged chinese interference in canada in brief talks with china's president jinping on the sidelines of this week's group of 20 G20 meeting in Indonesia. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. The Prime Minister's office said in a readout on Tuesday that the two leaders discussed North Korea and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, while Trudeau also raised our serious concerns around interference activities in Canada. Last week, Canadian media outlet Global News reported that Canadian intelligence officials had warned Trudeau that China was targeting Canada with a vast campaign of foreign interference, including through meddling in the country's 2019 elections. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police on Monday also arrested a man in the province of Quebec for espionage, accusing 35-year-old Yu Sheng Wang of obtaining trade secrets to benefit the Chinese government. China's embassy in Ottawa did not immediately respond to a request from the Reuters news agency to confirm the talks between Trudeau and Jinping on Tuesday or what was discussed. The China-Canada relationship has been frosty for several years, especially after Canadian authorities detained Executive Meng Wanzhou in 2018 on a U.S. arrest warrant. China then arrested two Canadians on spying charges. While the standoff ended when all three people were released last year, relations have remained sour over several points of contention, including human rights and trade. In June, Canada accused China of harassing its aircraft, carrying out United Nations sanctions patrols near North Korea. The Chinese government responded by accusing the Canadian military of provocations and warned Canada that it could face severe consequences. In their talks on Tuesday, Trudeau and Jinping discussed the importance of continued dialogue, which is the readout from Trudeau's office. The two leaders last met in June 2019 on the sidelines of another G20 in Osaka, Japan. They met three other times previously, once in 2015 on the sidelines of the G20 in Turkey and twice during official visits in Beijing in 2016 and 2017. I thought, you know, I didn't know that what you call it, uh, Canada bothers anybody. Canada just appears to be this quiet child that does what its parents say they're to do. You know, they don't want to ruffle feathers or <laughs> cause ripples in the water I, okay 
I see you, Canada. Go ahead, James. Yeah, I I think, but but as you know, as a little child, you know, Canada, that thing. But when when you when your father, which is America, say, you know, um, hold on to that that Chinese person, then you find yourself in trouble. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I think you know America pull America pull them in right with 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 that arrest of that lady. And yeah, China China is going now with some stuff because this I think it was last week it was reported that China is operating a, a underground police station in 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 Toronto. You said it, huh? I think you mentioned it if I'm not mistaken. Which which um it's some some secret location where um, they have Chinese official that goes after other Chinese and arrest them. And I don't know how they get them out of the country to get them back to China. But yes, yeah, some crazy. I don't know what you call it, but some crazy stuff they're going on with the Chinese government. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, war! You said deception. Talk to me. Who is being deceptive, War? Probably can't speak. Okay. All right. So we're going to move on to our next story. Former president, the orange man, Donald Trump, who tried to overturn Biden's legitimate election, launches a 2024 bid. Yes, he has. Courtesy of NPR.org. Donald Trumpy Trumpy, who tried to overthrow the results of the 2020 presidential election and inspired a deadly riot at the Capitol in a desperate attempt to keep himself in power, announced he is running again for president in 2024. Trump, who is 76 years old, said, uh, I am announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. He was flanked by massive American flags at his Mar-a-Lago club and home in Palm Beach, Florida. The announcement and official filing comes just a week after the 2022 midterm elections, which saw a lackluster performance from Trump-backed Republican candidates in key Senate races and competitive House elections. As a result, Democrats were able to retain control of the Senate. America's comeback starts right now, Trump said, claiming your country is being destroyed before your eyes. The dark vision hearkened back to Trump's inauguration speech of a country suffering American carnage and in need of him to fix it. Trump running sets up a potential rematch against President Joe Biden, who will turn 80 on Sunday and says he intends to run for re-election in 2024. Exit polls showed inflation to be the top issue with midterm election voters overall. They said they trusted Republicans more on the issue than Democrats by a wide margin. And the electorate was nearly three quarters white, reversing a decades-long trend of a decline in white voters as a share of midterm electorate. And yet, Republicans underachieved. And fingers are being pointed in Trump's direction, even from within his own party. Anger over the Supreme Court's ruling overturning Roe v. Wade, which made abortion legal in this country, buoyed Democrats in these elections. But voters also sent a message that they didn't want extremes, rejecting Trump candidates up and down the ballot who peddled his baseless election lies. Republicans lost in competitive state 
I'm sorry, Senate races in purple states like Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Arizona, and Nevada. Democrats could further expand their majority with a runoff election three weeks from now in Georgia. Georgia, please get up and go out and uh, do what you got to do, okay? We, we don't need Herschel who can't spell ballot or who thinks that a woman who can't have a child biologically is not a woman. We don't need the likes of him there. So wake up, Georgia. Go out and vote. With yet another Trump and Dorsey who has struggled mightily. For the House, Republicans are on the precipice of control, but by a far smaller majority than they were hoping for, likely hampering their ability to pass legislation next year. Of the 64 House race contests, the Cook Political Report Rated as toss-ups or leaning toward one party or the other, Trump endorsed in 21. Only seven have won. It was even worse for Trump candidates in most competitive races. Of the three dozen toss-up races, Trump backed nine candidates. Only one has won. And yet, Trump is launching another run for president and falsely claiming his candidates did well. Despite the evidence that his brand and his style of politics have proven radioactive in competitive states and districts for multiple election cycles in a row. No, yeah. Trump's move shows a degree of vulnerability. An effort to freeze out the GOP presidential field and force Republican elected officials to get off the sidelines and endorse him. He also doesn't want to give any oxygen to potential rivals who may be sensing a chance, especially someone like Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSanctimonious. What about the future? Many in the party have begun to openly question whether it is a good idea to continue to hitch their wagon to the former president, especially with Governor Ron DeSantis waiting in the wings. DeSantis easily won re-election as Florida's governor last week. He's a staunch conservative and landed in controversy for flying migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard and other liberal cities and enclaves. This is widely seen as a more disciplined version of Trump. The Rupert Murdoch-owned New York Post, which turned on Trump during the January 6th Congressional Committee hearings, revelations, dubbed DeSantis the future, and Trump, Trumpty Dumpty, who couldn't build a wall and had a great fall. <laughs> ah, Trumpy Trump. Trumpity Trump. Humpty Dumpty. You know what? Let me stop. Let me stop. The future. Don't be surprised if you see campaign material that will say the future. Don't be surprised as, you know, I don't know. Where the heck is Trump going? Where is he going? Why is he running again? What is he seeking protection from? Because the truth is he's not running because he cares about the country, the direction the country is going in. He doesn't care about the economy. In my opinion, my humble opinion, I don't think he cares a rat's ass about any of us. Nobody. Trump only cares about Trump and his Ivan Ivanka. Yeah. You know, the sons can tag along. And maybe, uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's his what? Melania, yeah, her. She. He don't give a red sass. But you know what? 
People will vote for him. That's the sad part. So how are we going to mobilize and see to it that the likes of Trump do not get back into the White House? Is Trump a better option to DeSantis or is DeSantis a better option? Have they no one else? Who else is up for the task in the Republican Party? Is there anybody else that could possibly do a way better job? Granted, it is good to know how your um, opponents think. It's really good. It's good to hear their views. It's good when they're honest, right? Let the truth come out of their mouths because it lets us know exactly where they stand and where we stand. So I wonder how it's going to go. That's all I'm going to say on that one. I mean, power, I think Trump does have to power. He has, he has recognized um, that there is a greater lever of power. I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you're grown up as a rich, spoiled kid. Um, you have had access to money and the debatable of whether it's a billionaire or not. I don't really care or bankruptcy. That's not the issue. He has had access to money and access to financing and access to financial wealth over his lifetime. Political power is a different lever. Um, I think that's what he's uh, he craves. Um, he craves the opportunity to continue to talk to world leaders and to be relevant. Um, and you're right, he doesn't care about anybody but himself. He doesn't care about the well-being of anybody. He he cares about ensuring that his friends, or whoever he considers a friend, is taken care of to his own benefit. I think, I don't know much about DeSantis, but... Um, I would say that potentially he's a better candidate than Trump, and I mean I know we, I know we heavily um, not pro Republican right. or the party itself. However, if you look at, I mean there's there is there's all of the pro and the cons. Um, I'm sure there are policies that I don't agree with that DeSantis have, but there are things that he maybe have done in Florida that are not necessarily extremely bad either. Right. You know? So if you're looking at somebody that is maybe going to be more balanced, um, the best of two evils or the best, the better of, on the better <laughs> side of evil, it may be, it, that maybe would be DeSantis. Um, he may be, I think he would have more decorum as a president than Trump can ever have or ever capable of having. Mm-hmm. Um, he may govern differently as it relates to the rudimentals of democracy. Of course, his principles are maybe going to be far-right and more pro-right and more conservative, um, you know. But again, as I said, life is about balance. You know, the wheat and the tears have to exist, good and evil exist. So um, there are people who are pro certain things liberal and there are people that are pro things conservative um, as long as there's balance and fairness. And I guess it's okay. But Trump, Trump is going to hurt the Republican Party more than it's, it's going to help them with the announcement he made last night. 
So I think that's what the Republican has to worry about. I mean, if the Democratic Party finds somebody that is, I don't see Biden going back. So if they find somebody that is, can inspire the people and whip them up, I don't see Republican winning. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, O'Neill. Go ahead, Javette. I don't care if he hurts their party. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. The better of two evils. The Sanctus. The Sanctimonious. Whatever you want to refer to him as. Or as the journalist <laughs> quoted the future as Robert Murdoch owned New York Post. That, that's what um, they have dubbed him as, uh, the future. So let's see. and Let's see. All right. But he doesn't have... Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Marlon. But he doesn't have the key piece of his puzzle. His daughter. <laughs> I don't think she's there, so... Uh, next year, whatever it is. Yeah. She's not there by his side? Nah, I don't think she's going to be there. Not changing uh, his depends for him? Nope. You got you to gotta get his, hire somebody else to do that. But I think he has a plan if he wins. Wow. I think, <laughs> I think he's going to pardon these people from the January 6th. Um, all these people get arrested and then as, who is in jail. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's his plan. Once he get in, he's going to pardon all of them. I believe. They said once, like he's going to win. <laughs> careful, Marlon. Careful what you're putting out there. As Javette would say, don't put that out in the universe. My, don't my do bad. that. I didn't say once. My bad. <laughs> you better take it back. <laughs> oh, boy. So. No, no Republicans here? If I be if I be hundred percent honest, I'm not a Democrat. Neither am I a Republican. I'm an and I'm an independent. I don't have a vote anyway. But I am an independent. Um, they are they are they are. I have conservative views with some things, but I think I am also very liberal and open minded about the coexistence of our people. So I'm an independent. For that, in that respect. All right. I would fall into the um, Republican camp. Okay. Uh, that's uh, sound like a conversation for another time. Another, another day. Another day. <laughs> I really like to do why exactly. I want to you know, and nothing I, is wrong. Nothing is nothing wrong. Is wrong. Nothing Just is wrong. to hear your views. Nothing is wrong. Here's the thing: on both sides of the fence. There are pros and cons. Both sides of the fence. Pros and cons. There are things the Democrats could learn from the Republicans. But they have chosen not to. And because of their... I don't know. They're being stubborn, if you want to call it that. It has hampered them in many ways, right? So, um, yeah. 
I'll, I'll just leave that right there. So <laughs> McCarthy nominated Speaker in internal GOP vote, but he faces conservative resistance. And story courtesy of NPR.org. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy was nominated by House Republicans to serve as Speaker of the House when the new session of Congress starts in January, even as control of the chamber remains unclear. The California congressman was nominated by 188 to 31 votes, an aide to McCarthy tells NPR. With some GOP lawmakers voting for his challenger, Arizona Representative Andy Biggs, a conservative member of the House Freedom Caucus, McCarthy faces a challenge uniting a fractured conference that is still reeling from disappointing midterm election results. McCarthy told reporters after the vote that we have our work cut out for us. We're going to have a small majority. We've got to listen to everybody in our conference. Tuesday's closed-door caucus vote was the first step on McCarthy's path to presiding over the House chamber. The California Republican needs to be elected by a majority of all members who voted a public vote on the House floor on January 3. The next seven weeks will be a test of his ability to win over those who called for a major leadership shakeup. But McCarthy voiced confidence that he would secure 218 Republican votes by January. We'll work together and we'll get there, he said. After McCarthy and other top House Republicans vowed a red wave in the 2022 midterms, some conservatives are demanding operational changes to make the legislative process more transparent. Control of the House is unclear with several races still uncalled a week after the election, but the GOP is on track to eke out a majority on one in the single digits. Heading into the official vote next year, McCarthy can't afford to lose no more than a couple votes. If his opponents mount a challenge on the floor, the process could turn messy and be a sign of tumultuous GOP majority torn between hardliners on the right who refuse to compromise and more mainstream members who believe voters sent them to Washington to show that they can govern. Well, right now, Dems 209, GOP 217. Is it possible that the Dems can gain control of the house or is it possible can they keep the control of the house uh here's a question because hold on 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 let me do a little dig in here before i ask my question how has he done in california What's his track record? Is he reasonable? Is he level-headed of sound mind? Shouldn't be asking these questions, right? Okay, so according to KevinMcCarthy.house.gov, uh, let's see. What what do they say about you? What do they say? Hmm. I don't want to watch videos. Sorry. Don't want to watch videos. McCarthy joins Congresswoman Miller and 143 colleagues calling on Biden to combat rising gas prices, 
by putting American-produced energy first. Oh, that's an old article. No. All right, I got to do more research about him. Not familiar with him. Anybody else familiar with him knows what he's um, capable of. Is he somebody that if, and I'm swallowing hard on the if, if the Republicans gain control of the House, is he a reasonable person that should be Speaker of the House? I don't know. If anybody's familiar with him, let me know. I'll be happy to learn more. Uh, Georgia's Georgia's ban on abortion around six weeks. The judge overturns that. Story courtesy of NPR.org. A judge overturned Georgia's ban on abortion starting around six weeks into pregnancy, ruling Tuesday that it violated the U.S. Constitution and U.S. Supreme Court precedent when it was enacted three years ago and was therefore Void. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney's ruling took effect immediately statewide, though the state attorney general's office said it filed an appeal. The ban had been in effect since July. The American Civil Liberties Union of Georgia, which represented doctors and advocacy groups that had asked McBurney to throw out the law, said it expects abortions past six weeks of pregnancy to resume Wednesday, today, at some clinics. Their lawsuit, filed in July, sought to strike down the ban on multiple grounds, including that it violates the Georgia Constitution's right to privacy and liberty by forcing pregnancy and childbirth on women in the state. But Bernie did not rule on that claim. Instead, his decision agreed with a different argument made in the lawsuit that the ban was invalid because when it was signed into law in 2019, U.S. Supreme Court precedent under Roe v. Wade and another ruling allowed abortion well past six weeks. Cara Richardson, a spokesperson for Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, said in an email that the office filed a notice of appeal and will continue to fulfill our duty to defend the laws of our state in court. Andrea Young, executive director of the ACLU of Georgia, said on Tuesday, it was a great day for Georgia women and for all Georgians. Today, their right to make decisions for their own bodies health and families is vindicated. Andrew Eisenhower, a spokesperson for Republican Governor Brian Kemp and Matt Bernie's ruling, placed the personal beliefs of a judge over the will of the legislature and people of Georgia. The state has already filed a notice of appeal and we will continue to fight for the lives of Georgia's unborn children, he said in a statement. Representative Ed Setzler, I think is his pronunciation. Yeah. The Republican from Atlanta suburb of Ackworth, who sponsored the law, said he was confident that the state Supreme Court would overrule Matt Bernie and reinstate the ban. Why? Whew. I was tired. Can y'all just let it leave it alone? You're fighting for Georgia's unborn children. How about you fight for them after they're born too? Don't just want them to be born and then that's it. You're done. Those are stories out of North America. We now go over to the international scene. We have two stories from there. Kuwait hangs as seven people in first executions since 2017. For Kuwait's 
a Pakistani, a Syrian, and an Ethiopian were hanged, despite condemnation from Amnesty International. Kuwait has put these seven people to death in a mass execution. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. The state-run Kuna News Agency confirmed it, making it the first execution since 2017, despite appeals from human rights organization for clemency. The inmates who were hanged today were four Kuwaitis, a Pakistani, a Syrian, and an Ethiopian. Two of the seven were women. It was the first execution since January 25, 2017, when seven people were also hanged, including one member of the royal Al-Saba family, which has ruled the country for two and a half centuries. Prominent rights organization Amnesty International called on Tuesday for the executions to be halted, saying they were a violation of the right to life and the ultimate cruel, inhuman, and degrading punishment, and that Kuwait should abolish the death penalty entirely. Kuwaiti authorities must immediately establish an official moratorium on executions, and that's according to Amnesty's Deputy Regional Director, Amna Gwelali, in a statement. The death penalty is widespread in the Gulf region, particularly in Iran and Saudi Arabia. In March, Saudi Arabia executed 81 men in a single day, making it the largest known mass execution carried out in the kingdom's modern history. Kuwait introduced the death penalty in the mid-1960s and since then has executed dozens of people, mainly those convicted of murder or drug trafficking. In 2013, Kuwaiti authorities hanged three men convicted of murder in April. Two months later, two Egyptians convicted of murder and abduction were executed. Which leads me to ask the question, um, so then, is the death penalty effective? Because if, the, if 81 people were executed and then you have executions after crimes committed that result in executions happening after that. How effective is the death penalty? Is it effective? I don't know. Something food for thought. So, you know, we are divided. Some people are for it. Some people are not for it. Um, some people feel that it serves as good measure, serves as a deterrent. Go ahead. I know someone just opened their mic. Go right ahead. Was it you, War? No, Javet. Yeah, go ahead. When it comes to the death penalty, in my eyes, if, if you are 100% sure that this person committed the crime, I say go with it. Why should we have to pay for them being up in jail for the rest of their lives? That's money that could be put towards something else. Um, probably not a popular feeling, but it's always been mine. But you have to have 100% um, surety, especially um, knowing that a lot of people are in jail when they're actually innocent. Yeah. We have to be able to prove it without a doubt, right? 
have to. This next story, a little sad, not a little, a lot sad. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. Two Egyptian girls found dead at Syria camp hosting ISIL families. The bodies of two Egyptian girls have been discovered at the Al-Hal detention camp hosting people linked to ISIS, ISIL, in northeastern Syria, according to local Kurdish security forces that administer the facility. The bodies of two Egyptian girls were found in the sewage waters at the camp, a Kurdish security force told the AFP news agency on Tuesday, requesting anonymity. Another camp official, who also requested anonymity for fear of reprisals, said the beheaded girls were aged 11 and 13. Siamand Ali, an official with the Kurdish-led United States-backed Syrian Democratic Forces, confirmed the killings. The overcrowded camp in northeast Syria is home to more than 50,000 people, including relatives of suspected ISIL fighters, as well as displaced Syrians and Iraqi refugees. The killings are the first since U.S.-backed Syrian fighters concluded a 24-day sweep at Al-Hal in mid-September, during which dozens of people were detained and weapons were confiscated in the operation. The operation came after ISIL sleeper cells committed crimes inside the camp. Following the rise of ISIL in 2014 and its declaration of a so-called Islamic Caliphate in parts of Syria and Iraq, thousands of men and women came from around the world to join the extremist group. ISIL lost the last sliver of land it once controlled in uh, East Syria, and that happened back in March 2019. But since then, its sleeper cells have been blamed for deadly attacks in Syria and Iraq. So I just learned a word today. First time ever hearing the word. And I'm going to make sure I look up the meaning. Caliphate, C-A-L-I-P-H-A-T-E. The rule or reign of a caliph or chief Muslim ruler. Okay. Caliphate. C-A-L-I-P-H-A-T-E. It's a noun, the rule or reign of a caliph or chief Muslim ruler. Okay, thank you, thank thank you for that one, uh, Al Jazeera. And to dig a little deeper, a caliph, the chief Muslim civil and religious ruler, regarded as the successor of Muhammad. The caliph ruled in Baghdad until 1258 and then in Egypt until the Ottoman conquest of 1517. The title was then held by the Ottoman sultans until it was abolished in 1924 by Ataturk. Okay. Anybody else knew? Yeah, uh, anybody else knew that word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one... We do not fight, uh, we don't want to fight with Muslim. Guys, uh, I'm Christian. In this world, right, we don't want to fight. What it is, uh, you guys, uh, that not happy with us?
Christian, we we don't we do not want to fight anymore because we always win. You wanna do that? Do you wanna do that? We can say F F F, but you guys are sentimental. We do not want to do that anymore. Come on, guys. This world, relax. Relax. No more fight. No more fights. Right. No more fights. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so... Those are the stories from the international scene. Next up, story out of Latin America. Study opportunity is available. Okay, I need to translate this to English. Give me one second here. Okay, here we go. So, study opportunity in the United States for Haitian students. For, uh, for Haitian students who would like to study in the United States, the opportunity is offered to you now through this study program from the American government. The Global UGRAD 2023 is launched by the Global Undergraduate Exchange Program, which is sponsored by the U.S. Department of State. Story courtesy of Haiti.loopnews.com. The program's mission is to train leaders for the future by allowing them to experience the country's education system at its highest level to acquire better skills while exploring new cultures. Through this initiative, officials offer interested parties the opportunity to spend a session in a university in the United States in order to learn to know the functioning of the American education system according to what informs the American embassy in Port-au-Prince. Are you a first, second, or third year university student? Are you interested in studying in the United States? Well, apply for the 2023 Global Undergraduate Program, which aims to introduce students to the United States educational system, society, and culture for one semester. Departing students have until December 15, 2022, 5 p.m. to submit their application all right and the link is uh global u grad for anyone who wants to pass that information to anyone who is in haiti please go ahead and do that it's an opportunity but i while i'm reading i'm reading it with my eyebrow raised right as i read the sentence which aims to introduce students to the united states educational system society and culture for one semester. What is the American culture? Can someone tell me what the American culture is? I don't know what the American culture is. So I'm genuinely asking, what does America have a culture? Anybody? Anybody? No? <laughs> So, what are we going to teach them? What culture are we teaching them? That's what I want to know. We're going to teach them the educational system. We're going to teach them about our society. 
What about our society we're going to teach them? Let's stop and think about that for a second. What culture? It's a country made up of many cultures. Because we are a very diverse country. Yeah, folks, so many cultures from the Caribbean alone. Every country has its own culture. So what are we going to teach them? To oppress? To steal? To kill? What, what are we going to teach them? <laughs> I don't know. I'm lost. <laughs> Peter, go right ahead. The American culture is very, very unique than any other be the best. Be the because best. the American culture is us. It's America is a nation of migrants or I start immigrants. So um, what you see is what you get. America doesn't really have a culture of their own per se. You know, the only thing that I can say that goes with the American culture, the true American culture, is that of the nation. But there's no other, nothing else that you can really hold on to and say this is our culture. It's made up mostly of Europeans and people from the uh, from the West. There's really no, no uh, concrete excuse, Hold on one second, Peter. Tora, please do not interrupt. Thank you. Go ahead, Peter. So there's really no true American culture, as 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 anyone can say. For art, um, another uh, thing is, if you ask about, and let me just give you an example, like American foods, people say, yeah, well, Americans all they consume is hamburger and this and that. Well, hamburger is from Hamburg, Germany. <laughs> exactly. Fries is not American food. Pizza is not even American. The foods that America um, used to eat back in the days that truly American foods came from salt. You're breaking up, Peter. You're breaking like up. You're breaking up. Hold on. Yeah. Can you hear me better? Yes, much better. Go right ahead. So foods that foods that they 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 um, that are consumed to be to say this is the true American food, and I don't even know if it's true. It's mostly food from the south. Foods like possum, foods like flying squirrels, foods these type of foods, and these are southern things that people used to eat in the south. Um, so there's really nothing nothing unique about America when it comes to a culture, more than. It's um, it's it should be the the, the largest democracy, <laughs> like, you know. So, Peter, I jumped onto Wikipedia, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, I want to know the culture of the United States. And here's what Wikipedia has to say: the culture of the United States of America is primarily of Western and European origin. Yet, its influences includes the cultures of Asian American, African American latin american and native american peoples and their cultures the united states has its own distinct social and cultural characteristics such as dialect music arts social habits cuisine and folklore the united states 
ethnically diverse as a result of large-scale European migration through its history, its hundreds of indigenous tribes and cultures, and through African-American slavery followed by emancipation. America is an Anglophone country with a legal system derived from English common law. So, the United States has its own distinct social and cultural characteristics. So, the dialect. What dialect? There are so many different dialects. And the dialect, we have so many different dialects because people come from all over the globe. Whether we were brought here or came here. Music. <laughs> Where did music originate? Okay. Arts. You know, you know, to um to say this on and in defense of of America is that a lot of people don't realize. Do you know who the Phoenicians were? No. Okay. The Phoenicians were maritime, mostly maritime people. And they were traveling the high seas before Columbus and all these people. They were trading with natives in America before you I'm talking about years, hundreds of years before Columbus even got here. There were trades going on between Africa and America long years and years and years before that. So there were some things going on here if you read up about the Phoenicians. And the thing about it is the true culture will be that of those natives. You know? And, and this is why they are so eager to wipe out the natives. Because they, they, it's, 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 one of those, it's one of those things where it's more like bullying. You know? We came, we saw, we conquered. This is our land. But they came. They weren't here. You know, so they came and they created their own based on the origins of their own, um, their own forefathers. So we're looking at Europeans, we're looking at um, Asians, we're looking at... This um, is uh, 2022, bro. I understand, but let me finish, please. Let me finish. Please don't interrupt me. Regardless of how you look at it, if you don't know where you're coming from, you will never know where you're going. So regardless if it's 2022 or 2023, you have to understand your roots. You have to understand your culture. You have to understand everything else. Because you're going to be like a tree without roots. And those are facts. So a lot of people use these excuses. This is 2022. Stop looking in the past. You must look in the past. So this is that type of rhetoric. It's 2022. We don't have to do this anymore. That is that right there. You cannot teach your kids that. This is how we lose who we are as a people. And we stand for nothing because we accept everything. So there's no American culture. America is a land of migrants. And the migrants itself makes up the entire culture of America. And we must understand that. Thank you, Peter. And that is what I hope they're going to teach them. Because America has no culture by itself. But, and, and here's why I'm saying that. Because they have ignored the indigenous and feel that the indigenous don't own this country. And they're going to teach them European. Let's talk about food. What? Salt and pepper, period. That's it. Nothing else? You can keep that. Um, yeah. and, and really, I'm not bashing American anyway, you know, because America has, I've, I've, I've benefited from being here. But the, but the reality of things is the reality of things. Facts. That's facts. just what it is. Facts. Facts. And the, when you can acknowledge the reality, right, Vito? 
and I agree with something you said, we cannot negate, we cannot not talk about the past. History helps to shape the future, right? And it, everybody wants us to forget our past, but we can't do that, right? They're very selective with what they want to maintain. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we return, we have business and tech news. Keep it locked. Don't go anywhere.
Thank you to everyone listening online on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee Into World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Time for us to rock steady with the... Great Aretha Franklin. What is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday? You know how we do it every Wednesday. We crush on women through music. Just a kiss. 
Today, it's my hope that we'll get it right in this world. Time for business and tech news. First up, air taxis soon to offer 10-minute flights between Newark and New York City. This has been mulling around in the news for a while now. Well, it seems as though it's real serious. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. United Airlines and Archer have partnered up to make short commutes easier for travelers getting to and from the airport. Archer, a California-based electric aircraft maker, will introduce 100 of its five-person air taxis to the United fleet. These miniplanes will only be used as shuttles going back and forth between Newark Liberty International Airport and the downtown Manhattan heliport on Pier 6. This partnership is the first of its kind with United and Archer announcing a specific route from an airport to a city center. However, it will not be the last. United has already tapped EVE Air Mobility for 200 of its EV tolls in an effort to get its air shuttle service off the ground in a few years. Okay. Michael Leskinen, president of United Airlines Ventures, is looking forward to the electric air taxis coming to New York City and Newark passengers. He believes the move will fundamentally change how United customers experience airport commutes, getting them to and from the airport faster and safer. Major airlines are becoming increasingly interested in air taxis, viewing them as an alternative that can prevent travelers from missing flights and save others from the headache of unpredictable traffic. Delta Airlines has also invested $60 million in another California-based EV toll company, Joby, to create its own air taxi services between areas in New York and Los Angeles. The deal between United and Archer will begin in 2025 with hopes of reaching markets outside the New York and Newark area soon after. Mega says something, and I think no Jamaican can take them here still because we ever overweight. <laughs> I don't know if we'll, or we always have more bags than we need to. I don't. Is it just Jamaicans or do all Caribbean people do that? <laughs> I, I think it's all of us, but in all honesty, oh. I see this as dangerous. Me too. I, I don't know why. It, 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 extra air traffic. 10 minutes, I, I don't know. I don't see, I don't know. Yeah, Something I, in me just don't feel like this going to be right. <laughs> Something right at all. I'm not comfortable with it either. I'll get there the old-fashioned way, slow but sure. Just leave earlier, plan ahead. You know, you know you're supposed to be there three hours prior for uh, an international flight. 
Well, if it's gonna, if it normally takes you two hours to get to the airport, just add another 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour. I would rather that inconvenience. I'm not so sure about this thing at all. Imagine a Jamaican air taxi driver. <laughs> all overtaking and everything. One already, two ago. What do you say? One already and two ago. What do you say? Um, you're supposed to be it's supposed to be five people, right? Smile up yourself, smile up yourself. Dress down, dress down. Can one more, one more. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh gosh. Love my people. I have a love-hate relationship with my people. <sighs> Where's Julie Mango to do a skit for this one? We need a skit. Fabian, please tell Julie we need a skit for the air taxes that are coming and how Jamaicans will handle that. Yeah, man, we can take one more. One more, Panama. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's the dollar vans in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> yeah, ever, anyone on the stage ever took a dollar van in Brooklyn, New York? Listen, good morning, everyone. I always come on here laughing. That's the first thing I thought of when, when um, moments started reading. But the sad thing is I did it to someone yesterday. We're getting in the car. I mean, I know, smell up yourself, man. Everybody can't forget about this car. Come on, I'm not coming back for nobody right now. Go on in the car, man. I'm not going anywhere with y'all. And I literally said the word. He says, smell up yourself, man. Everybody can't put in the back of the car. And I closed the door and I let them go their way. But <laughs> I just had to laugh and share that because... The moment you mentioned, I thought about the dollar van in New York, which is not fun. It's not fun. So it's literally a dollar to take the van? It's probably more now, but yeah, it used to be a dollar. Okay. It's two dollars now. I know you talk about it. Yeah, we're <laughs> the bus here. Two dollar van? Two dollar <laughs> van now. So they, they might want to not call it a two dollar van, though. Okay? You know, normally people say two dollar hoe. No. <laughs> so no, it's still called a dollar van, but you just know that the price has increased with the bus fare. Oh, Jesus. Not as much as the bus fare, but a little bit. You know, you get in there, the routing only goes up and down Utica, up and down Flatbush. So you're not, it's not taking you to a house, but you're close enough. Oh, I'm sorry, I burst out laughing. Did you check the chat? Tasha, but I've, I've seen, I'm sorry, I can't even read it. I'm cracking the hell up. By the way, it's three dollars now, so that get your pockets up. It's three dollars now. Um, I've Damn. seen. See, I've been here enough. I, I didn't get on the last time I was there. Thank you, Tasha. <laughs> so, Tasha, put, I've seen, <laughs> I can't even read it. Somebody gotta read okay, it. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Hold on. Wait. <clears throat> Tasha says, so I've seen cops pull over <laughs> dollar vans in Brooklyn, and he jumps out and <laughs> and runs. Can you imagine a pilot jumping out of the plane? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you... <laughs> I've been laughing all morning. I've been laughing all morning from your your guest just now to this moment. I'm, oh, I love it. Javette, I'm not trusting gonna have standing room only in the plane i'm not doing it i'm not doing it mm -mm. <sighs> okay
Okay. We got our laugh for today. <laughs> but the serious feedback. Please to tell Julie Mango we need a video for that one year. <laughs> Who operates the dollar taxes in, <laughs> in New York? Just like the ones in Jamaica. <laughs> anyone who have a anyone who has a van. Oh gosh. <sighs> Remember business signal do a song about it? Dollar van. Oh he Every did popular song. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> oh gosh, okay. I get myself together. Whew. The worst thing is trying to come out of them when you're like in the back or <laughs> You, you gotta to climb, climb over people. Driving. Oh my god. You oh. climb out and they start to drive off. <laughs> oh hell no. Are you serious? That's Jamaica. Dead it's exactly Jamaica. like Jamaica. It's exactly like Jamaica. Trust me, the experience is very similar. Because I've been in the van in Jamaica where I'm trying to tell them I'm getting out and, and the man is it's it's very similar. Very similar. So it's not funny. It's really not funny, <laughs> but it's funny. Because I don't have to ride in those things anymore. God, thank you. Them have a firewall. The worst. You you know what the worst thing about that is? So Flatbush Avenue is basically stores and shopping. So you're getting in a dollar van, and the people have like ten bags, and they climb it in, and they're trying to climb back out with their shopping bags. Oh. Oh my gosh. Who who invented the dollar van thing in New York? Was it a Jamaican? A Jamaican. A Jamaican. Jamaican. Yeah, you have to cut the cloud, make it fit to you. You have to survive. People have to survive. What, what are you all saying? People got to survive. It's an honest hustle, but you're just going there at your own risk. All right, so. so Go ahead, Jermaine. When I was younger, the Haitians had the livery, which were not yellow cabs, but they were cabs. They were called livery cabs, and they would take you around. It would mostly be people of Haitian descent. And then it changed up a bit, but uh, the dollar bands, I, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to mention the same thing. I was in, when I was in Yonkers, it was Dominicans. Um, they had the cars and we, they take us from the station to our homes, but you'd know it, it's yeah. a sheer ride. It was a sheer ride. That was an experience as well. You never knew who you were sharing your ride with. That's the original you paid you $5 Uber. and you sat down. Yeah, it was the original Uber. You paid you $5 and you get in the car. Original but Uber. that was on Church Avenue that had the dollar card too, <laughs> and you would and you get in, you get out, and you have to say, you "Tell them you stop before you get there because they get mad at you and they start screaming." <laughs> don't don't wait till the last minute. So I'm, I'm getting off a church. Well, getting off at forty fifth and wait for that. Yeah. I mean, because then yeah. you're like, "I want to rock." You don't tell me here. Well, I <laughs> and then I mean, <laughs> hold on a second. No customer service. Nothing. No, no, no customer service. What? I'll have your money ready. Don't go digging in your purse. Have your money in your fingers before you get on the bus. Come on. Yeah. We, we're moving. This is illegal. The same thing you, with know, the car. You, mm-hmm. you know it's illegal. So just, if you're going to do it, hurry up and do it fast. Don't, don't be slow doing something illegal. Be New quickly. York is a whole vibe. But I had someone push me because I'm, I'm in the, I didn't learn then. I was, I was new to it. And they pushed me and got in the car. And I was like, what the, the what? 
and I'm and the, and the man is like, "Where your money? Where your money?" I'm like, "I'm getting it, dang!" And they just kept on. <laughs> but I learned from that point. Before I even get off the train, I had my five dollars in my hand. I'm, they pushed me and sat down. The lady pushed me and sat down. I looked at her. I said, "God, I could drag you right now." I told her I could drag you out this car, but I know I get it. And the man said, "No, come sit in the front." And I gave I gave him my five dollars and I sat down. But yeah, they're serious. They're serious. <laughs> I, so this is when I realized that New York was different, right? My cousin, I have one of my cousins that lives in New York. <clears throat> well, she lived in New York at the time, excuse me. She said, do not join the line in Burger King and not know what you're going to order. Don't do it. Because the person taking the orders will tell you to get your ass out the line. They ain't got time for you. Next. I'm like, huh? But what if I'm not sure? She said, listen, if you go to New York, Know what you want before you stand in line. Because when it's your turn, be ready to go. They don't have time for the foolishness. I'm like, damn. Well, that's the Brooklyn, Bronx, Queen side. You know, over there in Westchester, Yonkers, there, we're a little slower. You know, we were a little slower and we don't, they're not really, we're not really considered part of New York. <laughs> right? Oh, y'all so, the snoot to New Yorkers. So I was in Yonkers. I was in Yonkers. I figured I was Mary J. Blige Town. I was, you know, I thought I was one of them. And so they made it very clear. Now, baby, you in the Yonkers, you're in Westchester. Stay up there with White Plains and Elmhurst and Tarrytown and all those places. But it was just as bad in Yonkers. The wow. Dominicans did not care. They did not care. Wow. New York is a vibe. One day, one day. Don't know when though. Don't rush. You me. still haven't been to New York yet? No. You have to go. New York is a vibe. I would move wow. back if I could. If I could Just afford solo. to move to New York, I would. The only time I went to New York, think back to when we were children. We were yep. driving from Canada yeah. back to yes, to Florida, and we stopped in um, New New York. Uh, we we went over to Cape May and. Um, yeah, just remember. Yeah, we stopped remember in Maryland that. too. I think we stopped in Maryland at one point too. We, did we stop in like Maryland? It wasn't that whole no, Thanksgiving. It was no, 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 it was during a summer. We flew. Okay, okay. We flew to Toronto, and then we drove down from yes, Toronto remember, to, no. to yeah. Florida. Yeah, and that yeah. I wasn't even I wasn't even ten or mm-hmm. eleven mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. We're young. We're young. So, We're young. Yeah, I don't. No, know. you need to go. We need to take. We, we need to have a girl. Let's do a girls' trip to New York. Let's do that summertime okay sorry i was saying now but you know okay fine summertime. who is checking us in the rats <laughs> no man i mean everybody everywhere in new york is not like that you know, come come to man you have to learn to you have to live with the rats it is what it is it is what it is can i join the girls if i put on a dress are you a girl if you if you pay for everything yes Address, well, Tasha lives there, so she says she'll host. Yay, Tasha. Oh. Okay, we got it. We so got it. Yeah. Okay, so next year for my 50th, we'll do New York. Bye, Marlon. See you. See you when I Don't see you. Peace out. <laughs> and what I've heard, though, is that people who leave Jamaica and go straight to New York, it's hard for them to leave New York and then come to Florida. There, there's just something about New York and they will tell you Florida mm-mm, mm-mm, I gotta go back to New York and then those who come into Florida find it hard to go to New York they're like hell no we'll stay Florida Florida we'll take Florida it's weird oh boy <laughs> Tasha said Lorette okay Tasha 
I'll bring them a gift when I'm coming. All right. So new Instagram feature. Like you bring the Donna. I'm sorry. Like you bring the Donna gift and kiss the ring. That's what you have to do with the rats and you're good. I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm going to go mute the rest of the show. (laughs) Respect the rats. Respect the rats. All right. I got it. New Instagram feature allows you to add music to photos in Instagram feed. Story courtesy of the shade room.com. Missing the MySpace days where you could add music to your profile page? Well, Meta has just launched a new feature where music can be added to the photos in your Instagram feed, giving you the chance to customize your content even more. When will the feature be available? November 10. It's already available. It was made available via its creator's account. Yes, so you can now do that. That's an update. All right, next up, Marriott. Hotels introduces luxury apartment style accommodations, possible competition to Airbnb and other vacation rentals. Marriott International Inc. has introduced its apartment style accommodations, Apartments by Marriott Bonvoy. The company has seized the opportunity to expand into apartment style accommodations to meet the growing consumer demands among those wanting more space for stays. And of course, you know, they stay there while they blend work and leisure travel. Marriott is adding to its 26 years of experience with Marriott Executive Apartments. Its service department brand in Asia, Europe, the Middle East, Africa, and Latin America. With the launch of apartments by Marriott Bonvoy, the hospitality company hopes to enhance its portfolio growth globally and bring the service department accommodation to guests in the U.S., and Canada. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, so there you go for you Marriott fans. <clears throat> Next up, someone just paid more than $200,000 for Steve Jobs's old Birkenstocks. Story courtesy of CNN via WSVN. How much would you pay for a pair of secondhand shoes? Well, someone shelled that out. 200 stacks. Yeah, old Birkenstock sandals owned and worn by the late Apple co-founder, setting a record for the highest price ever paid for a pair of sandals at an auction. And that's according to the auction house. This weekend, the tech pioneers brown suede Arizona sandals, which were expected to make $60,000, sold for an astonishing $218,750 when they went under the hammer at Julian's auctions accompanied by an NFT. Prior to the sale, the Californian auction house of the sandals, described as well-used but still intact, were a wardrobe staple for Jobs in the 1970s and 80s. And we remember Jobs died in 2011 from complications due to pancreatic cancer. So I'm going to buy it and do what with it? But let's not forget, though. remember last year, um, Nike Air ships that were worn by basketball legend Michael Jordan sold for $1.47 million. So I'm going to spend that kind of money just to look at it. Hmm. No, thank you. I wish I had money like that to just dash away, just for throw real? away like that. Because I see it as just throwing it away, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Could use that for a girl strip. You know, easy. 
All right, so in health and science news, more than 1 billion young people could be at risk of hearing loss, a new study shows. This is courtesy of NPR.org. Well, it is estimated that 1.35 billion adolescents and young adults worldwide could be at risk of hearing loss from exposure to unsafe listening practices. This is according to the study which was published in BMJ Journal on Tuesday. Recommended noise limits are no more than 85 decibels throughout a 40-hour work week. Young people from ages 12 to 35 using devices such as MP3 players and cell phones actively listened to content at 105 decibels while the average noise level at entertainment venues was 104 to 112. Damage from unsafe listening can compound over the life course and noise exposure earlier in life may make individuals more vulnerable to age-related hearing loss, researchers said. The scientists analyzed 33 studies from 2000 to 2021, but those studies have not been able to conclude whether the hearing loss was permanent or temporary. Temporary threshold shifts and hidden hearing loss likely serve as predictors for irreversible permanent hearing loss and may present as difficulties hearing in challenging listening environments, such as background noise. So, what do we need to do to prevent hearing loss? Noise exposure through electronic devices and venues are modifiable. All right, folks, let's take care of our ears. There are a few things you can do to protect your ears. For example, take a break from the exposure if possible. Use air protection, such as foam earplugs in loud environments. Put distance between yourself and the source of the noise, such as loudspeakers at an event. Keep your devices at a safe volume. Some cell phones have features that will alert you when your content is too loud. Yeah, and I think um, everyone can take heed because a lot of us keep AirPods or AirBuds in our ears as we are at work, especially at work, right, to get through the day. And, you know, we some companies say you're not supposed to have them in, but, you know, some ladies take advantage of their hair and they just use it to cover their ears so you don't really know what's going on. But um, protect our hearing. Have you ever been beside someone? not even close to them, and you can hear the noise, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I know I have to do it with my kids. Turn it down. Turn it down. Turn it down. Give your ear a break. Give your ear a rest, right? Yeah, so let's protect our hearing, all right? And those were our stories from the business and tech and health and science sector. No sports news today. Going to take another quick break. When we return, we have Believe It or Not Yeah, we have Believe It or Not. Do we have entertainment today? Yeah, we have one store for entertainment today. Here is Aretha Franklin. Don't play that song.
From Aretha Franklin, now you're listening to Roberta Flack. Back together again, featuring Donnie. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Taking you down memory lane. Another oldie but goodie for you. This is Diana Ross, Love Hangover. Thank you for tuning in and keeping it locked.
squeeze in one more. Definitely don't need no cure for good music. Here is Gladys Knight and the Pips. Heard it through the grapevine? Thank you to everyone listening online on QMZRadio.com. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, log on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app. J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio. Take us on the go. And of course, a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. You're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Tomorrow we go live on FutureFM.net and FutureFM 98.9 up there in the Bronx, Mount Vernon, and Westchester. So we'll have the Future FM family with us. Thank you so much for that one, Gladys Knight and the Pips. Back to business. A Texas teacher who told producer Southside Sun he was racist has been fired. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. Just days ago, the HOH Mafia founder shared several clips on social media of his son, Mello, and several other students confronting his Bowles Middle School teacher about being racist. In the first video, the young man accused the white teacher of mistreating him since he frequently made it difficult for him to get a restroom pass. In another clip, the teacher sat in a circle with the children who pressed him about whether or not he used to be racist. Huh. Oh, boy. To which he agreed that he was sometimes. As the children refused to back down, the unidentified teacher became frustrated with the conversation and would eventually admit that he is ethnocentric and believes that his race is the superior one. Southside, you know what, shared the video on his Instagram profile condemning the educator and praising the young scholars for confronting him about the discrimination. 
I didn't know you could choose to be racist. It's either you are or you're not. And if you're going to be a racist, why are you in a school that teaches children? You shouldn't be there. Go to a school and teach where people look like you. Don't be in a school where there is diversity. And I'm glad the children cornered him. I'm grateful for that. Good job, kids. Good job. Because we don't need racists, people who are ethnocentric and feel that their race is superior to another. We don't need them making a mark in our children's lives. As a matter of fact, they don't even need to be in the school system, period. Period. Go find something else to do. A woman was arrested for hiding 28 pounds of cocaine in wheelchair wheels at JFK Airport. A woman was arrested at the JFK Airport after authorities said she allegedly hid 28 pounds of cocaine in the wheels of her wheelchair. According to a statement from U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Emelinda Paulina de Rivas was arrested on November 10 after arriving in New York on a flight from Punta Cana, the Dominican Republic. When CBP officers interviewed de Rivas, they noticed her wheelchair wheels were not turning. An X-ray revealed anomalies in the wheels. The agency said a photo shows multiple packages that were stuffed inside the wheels. The agency also said approximately 28 pounds of cocaine were seized with an estimated street value of $450,000. Of course, she was arrested for the importation of a controlled substance and turned over to Homeland Security for investigation. <laughs> Lady, you tried, you tried. You met the people them try with you. Yes, because you were doing it for somebody. You weren't doing it for yourself. You're just a wheelchair mule. Hey, moments. Do you think do you think we're gonna in our lifetime we're gonna see a world where um even that type of substance become legal? The same way um marijuana is legal now? You know what? May not happen in our lifetime, but it may happen. We don't know. The way the world is going now, James, expect anything. Expect anything, all right? Not, I don't think anything should surprise us anymore, right? Um, yeah, if they see that they can benefit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so this woman arrested after filming herself eating a spicy and delicious bat and posing the clip posting the clip on youtube lady a thai woman was arrested earlier this month after filming herself enjoying a bowl of bat soup made with a protected species and posting the video of the sickening act on youtube i can't pronounce her name posted the video to her channel titled jinza bet nua nua which roughly translates to eat spicy and delicious in english According to the Daily Mail, a Thai woman was arrested this month. Yeah. Mm, mm, you don't do that, lady. And she's a teacher, they say. Ridiculous. <laughs> Fracking That's why we have all these viruses. Ah, mm. Yeah. You know what? I can't even read the story because it's. The, I feel like I'm good. Yeah, I can't. So next one. A fired Arizona middle school teacher blames low salary for filming OnlyFans porn videos with husband in her classroom. 
<laughs> An eighth grade teacher in Arizona and her husband were both fired from their school jobs after recording explicit OnlyFans videos in their classroom, which she says was necessary to supplement their low salaries, story courtesy of theshaderoom.com. Thunderbolt Middle School science teacher Samantha Pear, known online as Chloe Carter, reportedly uploaded the X-rated videos to her OnlyFans account, which her students eventually discovered. What the heck these students doing on OnlyFans? and shared amongst themselves, according to today's News Herald. Her husband, Dillon Pear, a Nautilus Elementary School fourth grade teacher, was said to be the man who took part in the pornographic clips. She resigned, quote-unquote, under pressure on October 31, after having been placed on paid administrative leave and probation. Dillon was reportedly let go four days later. Samantha Pear released a video on Friday revealing that she and her husband had resorted to creating X-rated content due to their low salaries. She said, my children are the most important thing to me and I'm already spending countless hours outside of my contract time on extra school activities. And I don't think it's fair that I have to sacrifice my own children's time because of our professional salaries not being enough. Okay. All right. She went on to say that she began making the content at the beginning of the summer, claiming her family was unable to survive on the two teachers' income. Samantha did admit to making the explicit content in her classroom. The teacher admitted she created and advertised explicit content in a classroom, but insisted that she did so after school hours on the weekend when no students would be around. Lady, yeah, idiot. Clearly, fully done, but you teach it. You want a classroom setting? Set that up in your house. Turn yeah. your bedroom into a classroom setting. They do it for music videos, but don't do that in the classroom. That was exactly my thing, too. Set it up in your house. Pretend. People don't need all the actual background. They're not looking for that anyway. <laughs> Pretend it's this classroom. Come on. So, Am I sorry for her and her husband? No. Sunette, how you know? <laughs> Why y'all up in Sunette's business? I'm going to divide my closet. <laughs> I'm going to divide my closet and um, and to the back of the closet, I'm going to put up a wall uh, to a door. You won't even know it's there. You think it's a um, shelf. And I'm going to create that for my OnlyFans room. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I was saying, as, as someone that supports teachers and, you know, want them to get better salary, you know, um, can you please share the link? <laughs> Goodbye, James. <laughs> I guarantee you should go and make more wow. money doing OnlyFans. <laughs> Pay the teachers more money. That's what they need to do. Pay the teachers. They do a lot of work. Pay them. Yeah, they do. They put up with a lot. They put up with your kids. Some of your kids have no behavior, no manners, no nothing, and they got to put up with that. But I'm going to push back because if they're as stupid as this teacher, they don't need to get paid more. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, Marlon, I need some money to put up the walls so I can block it off and... um. Make my only Lunell, the comedian, she now has an OnlyFans page. Y'all know who Lunell is, right? 
Oh, how you know? Because she, I, I saw, was it on Baller Alert? I saw it. Yeah. Uh, two days ago, I think. And I was like, okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So see, thank you, Sudet. Thank you. Has Has anyone actually looked at that? Is it a site? Has anyone ever looked on a site? Yeah, I don't know how to admit to it. No, I'm going to figure it out, though. Have you gone on OnlyFans and I've never seen the platform, but I expect that you have your own, like, I would think it's something like Instagram, right? You have your own channel? I think so. I'm going to check it out. You know what? I'm going to check it out today and I'm going to see how it is. And I might just join. Let me think of what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody want to invest? You can become shareholders. You'll get dividend checks at the end of the year. Right? We're, we're going to see. James. <laughs> Excluding James. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I mean, people how to cook. It doesn't have to be sexual. That does, much yeah, heard. that I've heard oh, too, Sunette. Okay. But it, it, it oh, just okay. so happens, though, that sex seems to be the big seller. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at the end of the road. I gotta wrap up the online show. Here's a little more Aretha for you, Spanish Harlem, and this song was sampled by Lauren Hill. say thank you to everyone that tuned in to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you so much for spending four hours out of your day listening to us. And of course, I have to, I have to, I have to give a big thank you to my Clubhouse crew. Everyone who rocks it out here with me day after day. Thank you to my co-mods. Sunette Javette Rosolo, thank you to everyone on the stage with me, James Marlin, DJ Naturalist K, and everyone else who was here earlier. Thank you to my family in the audience below, Tasha, Geely, Fabian, and MK, and everyone who was there earlier as well. Thank you so much. Appreciate you all. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I ask you this one favor. Please be safe. See you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. We do it all over again. Coffee and toe. World news on the go.